Holman, stop messing with the lights. I know they're new and it's fun and you're trying to get rid of that hum that I can hear, but seriously. I've been in here for weeks slaving over <laughs> getting all of our equipment over here. You our- most certainly have not. Yes. And uh, we have uh, we have our friends from facilities, uh, James and Vargas. Who hi, James. Move. Yeah. How you doing? James Say hi, is- they can hear you. Hi. <laughs> <laughs> not much effort there from James. Uh, he is... Uh, he helped out. He brought all of our desks over. We got all of this equipment over. Did you like our little shelf over here for all the stuff our uh, listeners have sent us? We are surrounded by streets named after famous aviators, right? Or or aviation-related, uh, aviation-themed we companies? Are, like- we are south of LAX in a town called El Segundo at the Motor Trend Group headquarters. And this building used to house a bunch of, well, this whole area housed aerospace companies. And this was a NASA building at one point where... Uh, apparently they used to test, uh, I don't know, astronaut spacesuits and things like that and had like big pools of water. And when we first moved here back in uh, 2009, this building was like lead lined because it was a defense contractor. Mm-hmm. So and a we, lot of people died? Nope. We couldn't get air, uh, any cell signal in here. Oh. And so for a, until they put all these, you know, uh, cell repeaters in here, nobody could make a phone call. And that has since changed. And uh, we remodeled this building. Who's the, the guy that had to remove all the lead? And it died of lead poisoning. I don't know. Oh, he's sitting here right now. (laughs) You had to remove the lead? Yes. Yes. Tons of lead. (laughs) (laughs) But this is uh, is where the magic happens for, uh, basically, if you've ever seen like Hot Rod Garage and stuff, that happens just across the hallway. If you've ever seen uh, our cool cover vehicles in, you know, a photo studio setting, that happens in the cove behind us. We're actually uh, in an office next to the photo studio, and we have this giant cove. It's so big, you could drive a semi-truck into it. Well, I had my dually in this one. You did? I did, and it got stuck. Did it really? <clears throat> well, we had to use the uh, what are the the, uh, the jacks. What do you call them? When you go to the, the go jacks. The go jacks. We had to use go jacks to wheel it around. Yeah. Did you? And then we broke the go jacks because the truck was too heavy. It did t- you hit the light box on top? We did. Yeah. We hit the light box. So you, it's not really made for really lifted trucks. No. No. You should uh, drive in. Uh, you shouldn't be pushing a giant. I don't know. What did that thing weigh? Like ten thousand pounds? Ten thousand one hundred pounds. A good guess. Yeah. I'm sad to say, and I feel bad because I posted on our social at Truck Show Podcast that the casting couch was moving with us. And uh, by the way, the man sitting across from me, James from uh, Facilities, he sends me a picture of the casting couch in the dumpster at our old studio. Oh, no. And so I posted a picture of it. And and Facilities says, that thing is too nasty. We're not putting it in our vehicles to move it over, so we're going to get you a new couch. And uh, I had a bunch of listeners on our social tell us what a bunch of liars we were that the casting couch wasn't moving over. I'm like, I'm sorry, it wasn't me. It was James. Our Marcus. listeners don't care about the casting. No, they couch. do. Why Seriously, would they care? Hilarious. They haven't sat on it. They didn't get a disease from it. They're not like it's doesn't didn't touch them. I'm still itchy. Right? Yeah. Uh, I carry something I've got home. one on between my shoulder blades. Like something like just, bit me. When we dumped it, we it was just really. <laughs> we're not even kidding. We were wearing gloves. It was. <laughs> we threw the gloves away with the couch because. You burned the gloves. It was horrible. Did you wear a hazmat suit? I wish I had one. He, he washed in bleach when he got home. Hey, so did you see we got a new casting couch? But it's equally as dirty. No, no, no. It's just white, so it it's shows white. the dirt. Yeah. Um, it's an Ikea it's couch. Better. Yeah. I mean, it's fine. We're down the street from Ikea. Yeah, it's, we're going to go get a work. slip cover for it, and nobody will know the difference. Yeah, it's like a like a love seat. It's not yeah, a couch. It's, it's like more a, like a two-person real low. and uh, Right. I think they gave this one to us because they were afraid of me sleeping at work. And uh, they didn't want me to, you know, squirrel myself away in the uh, podcast studio, sleep all day. So they gave me a shorter couch. So. You should put your feet right off the end. Well, don't tell them that. Oh, I, see. I, yeah. I mean, oh, my God, it'd be uncomfortable. You uh, never horrible. want to sleep in that. So we are in the uh, the Motor Trend studios, right? 
Uh-huh. Is that what we're calling it? Motor Trend Studios? Well, we're calling it Hot Rod. No, no, no. We are technically in the Motor Trend Podcast Studio. The Motor with, Trend Podcast Studio. Within the Motor Trend Group headquarters, where the Motor Trend Studios are located. How about Got that? it. No, let's not do that. <laughs> let's call them Motor Trend Studios. Motor Trend Podcast Studio. Here we are. Right. We're, we're in our awesome little space here. And check this out. I have some great news for you. Uh, that there's beer in the in the pinstriped fridge right outside our door. Honestly, I haven't opened that fridge. So we have an old school fridge that's yeah. pinstriped with What's hot in rod. There? And so, I have no idea. Oh, hold on a second. I was told not to open it because it's on, nasty. Watch out, Zach. All right, all right. Here we go. Get your mic uh, pointed out the door. Here, hang tight. All right. I want you to guess what is in the fridge before I look at it. And I literally don't know what's in the fridge because I haven't opened it. I was told it's disgusting, don't do it, and I've frankly been too busy. So you get to be the guinea pig. All right, I'm going to go look, and then I'm going to make you guess. Hang tight. I'm over here. Hang tight. I'm up. All right. So uh, Lightning is walking over to the hot rod fridge, and uh, he's opening it up. Is it cold? It's ice cold. Oh, good. That means we can put some Dr. Pepper in there, so that's a win. Is there anything growing in it? In the really? freezer? Yeah, and, and two eggs. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> well, you left eggs in the old studio, so uh, it looks like we're uh, we're back in business with you. Uh, you'll be right at home here. Yep. But that wasn't the news I wanted to tell you. What is, oh, okay. Huge news. Massive news. We have the founder of Baja Designs on the show. Yes, but bigger than that. Uh, okay, hold on. Why does our podcast exist 64 <gasps> episodes oh, later? Oh, 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 I think I have the, I think I, I think you know. Because of Nissan Titan XD. Sort of. Oh. Uh, our friends at Nissan yeah? have renewed for another year. Yes! Five, Five stars! stars! Yeah, so uh, Nissan is going to continue being our presenting sponsor for the uh, for another 50 episodes. I love me some Nissan! So you know what that means? What? We have to get down to Canton, to the Nissan factory. I've been talking to you for a freaking year I about know, this! so let's do it. Wendy's okay. all about it, and uh, we can make that happen. So if we can figure out a time and date... We can get down and watch Nissan Titans and Frontiers get built. Fantastic. Oh, can we load decked systems into the new Frontiers? Uh, only if they're, they are available. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if we're going to put that in our, uh, in our luggage or not. Uh, okay. So our friends over at Decked. Yes. Decked.com. Uh, they want to do some sort of a promotion we're talking about with the Truck Show podcast listener. Oh, I read a little, I had a Google Doc about yeah, that last so week in my inbox. Nothing and... quite to report yet. Okay. But big news from our sponsors. Mm-hmm. We got Nissan back, and Decked wants to do something for our listeners. Oh, I love such that. Such good news. All right, five so year, 100,000 mile warranty, the best in the business on the. Oh, no, I just lost the clip. Here we go. Nissan Titan XD. That's right. And don't forget the uh, five liter Cummins V8 is available oh, or the yeah. 5.6 liter gas V8. Mm. How about Titan boxes? How about that really soft? Platinum interior, ooh, that leather, and ooh, zero gravity seats, and a brand new Fender audio system for 2019. That's what I'm talking about. There's so much good stuff. How many speakers? A lot. Yeah, a lot. (laughs) What do you say? We start the show! The Truck Show. We're gonna show you what we know. We're gonna answer what the truck, cause truck rides with truck show we have the lifted we have the lowered and everything in between we'll talk about trucks that run on diesel and the ones that run on gasoline the truck show the truck show the truck show it's the truck show with your hosts lightning and holman yeah it is yeah that's us in the new studio episode 64 
Episode 64. Yeah, <laughs> you, you found it again. <laughs> I did. You had lost it before. <laughs> I, I, oh, I'm excited to be here in the Truck Show Podcast Studio within Motor Trend. This is very cool that they will have us on it. I am, dude, I, I know we just said it. We just did the whole thing on Nissan, but that's yeah. really, really cool. That speaks volumes about both Nissan yeah. and their judgment. And then, <laughs> well, I don't know about that. <laughs> no, I love them. They know. Listen, yeah. Wendy knows we love them. Wendy, Wendy is kind of our our, our uh, PR contact over our there. Our PR contact, yep. kind of our window inside yep. into Brent uh, Hagen, who's been on uh, product yeah. planner over there. So he's got some cool stuff there. There's some good Nissan news that we're going to be talking about later in the year that I think people will be really excited about. But I'm just happy to have them for another 50 episodes. Well, the thing is, it's they that, believe in us. Yeah, it's 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 that Nissan is not some giant monolith where you'll ne- we know the people yeah. at Nissan. In terms of and, car companies, yeah, they're pretty they're pretty small. They're not this giant General Motors. They're they're actually a very lean, very small group of people running that uh, comparatively. And uh, they're just it's a great group of people over there, headquartered out in Tennessee, and uh, their trucks built in Canton, Mississippi, and in- and we're going. We, we gotta, gotta go. It. We gotta do it. And we, of course, we've been like, saying this forever. Cummins Engines in Indiana. Yeah. Their design studio in San Diego. I mean, there's a lot. Wait, of I it. didn't know the design studio was in San yeah, Diego. Yeah, it's beautiful. Since when? Forever. Oh, really? Yeah. Why haven't we been there? By the way, you know where their uh, their R and D test track is? Don't even tell me Fruity down the Grove. street. No, no, no. It's down in uh, Arizona, down by the border. Okay. So they do all that stuff. So I, 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 I did know that. You've talked about that yeah. before. The Proving Grounds, yeah, that's that's okay, but I want to No, see, no, no. I want freaking to, awesome. Is it? Well, oh, if so they're awesome. testing something cool yeah. there, yeah. I want to go to the the uh, design studio, uh, but, but we got to go to Canton. Yeah, we got to go to Canton. I want to see Titans and Frontiers being built. I wonder if they would let you like turn a wrench on one. Probably not. That would void the 5-year, 100,000-mile warranty. It might. It might. I want to control one of the robots, you know? I think they're automated. Well, I mean, like, oh, yeah, I guess they're all programmed. I was thinking like joystick, you know yeah, what I mean? But they're not, not they are not handing you. There would be that one. Oh, we got to throw that one away. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, they just plug it, unplug it out of the wall. Is it, that what it, it is? Do, well, it doesn't do anything. I'm just like, hey, look at this. Oh, lightning, you're yeah. doing a good job. Wink, wink, little buddy. <laughs> yeah, right. All right, so we've got Alan Roach coming on from Baja Designs, which is one of the premier aftermarket lighting companies for trucks. Mm-hmm. And uh, they started with motorcycles way back in the day. So we'll get to hear the history of that, but also they're getting into this really new technology that's just now starting in the truck world, laser lighting. Lights with lasers. You can't say it. No, those, he did. Do, oh, seriously, <laughs> you have the pinky to your mouth? You have to. Lights with lasers. Yeah, do it again. That's the that's horrible. Lights with lasers. No? It's in essence a sophisticated heat beam, which we called a laser. So I'm super excited because we have Alan Roach from Baja Designs, one of the premier lighting companies in the aftermarket. They call themselves the scientists of lighting. Is that because Alan wears a lab coat? I need to ask him about oh, that. you should ask him. In many of his videos, he's wearing a white lab coat, and it says Mad Scientist on the left breast pocket. Well, we should uh, call him, <laughs> and we should find out All why right. he started Baja Designs back in 1992. Okay. Oh, should I dial? Uh, yes, please. Hello, it's Alan. Alan Lightning and Holman Truck Show Podcast. How you doing? Excellent. Fantastic. Before we can let you speak, Alan, we need to know, do you like uh, country music or blues? No, no, blues or rock. Blues or rock. That's right. Choose one. Uh, rock. Oh, sorry about this. Innovator, moderator, truck show. Innovator, moderator, truck show. Innovator, moderator, truck show. Innovator, moderator, truck show. Truck show. Truck show. 
Man, that hurts my throat. <laughs> I never get tired of that. <laughs> no, I just never get tired of that one. It always makes me smile. Sorry about that, Alan. That's your intro. <laughs> <laughs> All right. No worries. <laughs> See, because you're an innovator, and you are the innovator motorator. And the mad scientist of lighting. That's right. That's right, yes. First thing I need to know is we're kind of catching up on your background. In many of the videos you're wearing, in the Baja Designs videos, you're wearing a white lab coat. Do you wear that at work, or is that just a prop for when you're shooting videos? No, I wear that every day. What yes! <laughs> I knew I loved this man. See, not all superheroes uh, wear capes. That's right. <laughs> some, some have white lab coats. So we want to go back in time first, Alan, and get the history as to... How and why you started Baja Designs? Was it uh, a crime of passion or, or was it uh, there wasn't something good in the marketplace and you were filling a need? Take us back. Yeah, it was both of those things. Yeah, avid motorcycle rider since I was 10 years old. And at the time, we were doing a lot of uh, cross-country, long-distance riding in Nevada, Utah, Arizona, New Mexico, uh, Idaho. And the street-legal dirt bikes at the time were terrible pigs. And at home, I had this brand new XR 600 that was a great dirt bike. And that's a man's bike right that there. That is a man's yeah. bike. That is a, heavy. A 600 is like... Yeah, well, that thing's a feather compared to what the factory offerings were at the time. And, you know, I go, this is a great bike. And most of our rides were, you know, 90% dirt and 10% pavement. I go, I needed my dirt bike, not these converted street bikes that we were riding at the time. And how old are you at this point? Uh, I don't know. I was in my early thirties. Okay. Okay. And, um, you know, so I go, well, I should be able to make this XR 600 street legal in California, you know? And so anyway, I went through the, all the brain damage to figure out the, the hoops that you would have <laughs> to jump through for California to make a bike street legal. And it was, you know, a combination of mostly electrical equipment, you know, headlight, taillight, turn signals, horn, mirrors, you know, that kind of thing, and making it work with the bike's stock electrical system. So I figured out this package of parts and pieces to make my XR600 street legal. And it was purely something I was doing so that I could ride these long-distance rides on a bike that I enjoyed riding versus a bike that, you know, wanted to kill me. And and um, you weren't even considering the Department of Motor Vehicles and what a hard time it was going to be to get this thing passed, right? You just like electronically, you were going to make it work no matter well, what. Well, no, it was it was both because really, you know, electronically I may, could make it work, but if I couldn't go through a process at the DMV, then it was really worthless. And you had to come and up so, with um, DOT compliant lighting, right? It wasn't just any old lighting right. that you could put on the bike; it had to be DOT approved. Correct, correct, and so. That was a challenge. And then I learned that the highway patrol had worked with the DMV to actually, you know, spec a list of things that were required. And there was actually a process at the California DMV that you could go through to get uh, a off-highway bike street legal. So a green sticker bike street legal. And so once I discovered all of the bits and pieces that were required and the hoops that you had to jump through, then it was a, a no-brainer. And so I did it for myself, and I happened to go on a ride with um, Charlie Morey, who was the editor of Dirt Rider magazine. This was 1992. You know, he saw my bike, and he goes, well, why aren't we doing that? And, and so he, he did a whole article about my bike in Dirt Rider, and it just and kind so of it led. Started. To, and that was yes. a big, big magazine at that time, very influential. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. It was huge, huge in the dirt bike community. 
Yeah, Dirt Rider at that time was the premier uh, off-road motorcycle magazine, and and at that time, you know, magazine circulation was crazy, and so yeah, that that basically jump started Baja Designs and and the business of converting um, off-highway motorcycles to street legal. And in six short years, you guys introduced the first four-way adjustable HID lighting kit for motorcycles. You guys also, in 2001, moved to a 14,000-square-foot facility in San Marcos, which is, that's a huge building for a guy who just made some uh, lights on a bike, right? Uh, well, yeah, I start, it started in my garage. It was just me building dual sport kits, and then I added an employee, and then we moved to Serrano Valley, and then we moved to a bigger place in Serrano Valley, and then we moved to a bigger place in San Diego, and then we finally moved into our existing building in, well, what in San Marcos. Were, Alan, what were you doing at the time when this is taking off? So you get the the, you know, the the magazine writing about you. It explodes. You're, you start getting calls from friends and family. Hey, you should turn this into a business. Or what? what's the day job? And how did you know yeah, so much what, about electronics? Uh, well, I was an automotive research and development engineer at that time. I worked for a small skunk works in San Diego that did R&D programs uh, for a lot of the uh, main automotive companies in all over the world. And so I had a really cool job, but it wasn't, you know, it wasn't purely my passion. And so I basically grew this business on the side to the point where I was able to leave that job and solely focus on Baja Designs. So how does it feel to be the man who created the most ripped off product in the history of all products, right? <laughs> yeah, uh, so in two, story. 2006, you guys debuted the first ever LED light bar at the Baja 1000. And yes. that was literally revolutionary for the automotive industry. And by, let's say, 2010, every single vehicle had 48 light bars. In fact, I remember <laughs> in 2008 when the, when the market tanked, and that was like one of the saddest SEMAs ever. It was just yes. the doldrums, right? And I remember- yes. It got like, you know, through eight, nine, ten, it was sort of lame and there wasn't a lot of new product. But everybody and their mom is like, Well, we don't have anything new for SEMA, but let's throw forty two light bars on our damn truck. Right. Yep, yep. <laughs> yep. That's and that's still happening. It still blows me away when you go out uh, you know, in front of the South Hall and see all these blinged out trucks with, you know, a hundred light bars yeah, on it. I don't really? know <laughs> if, if I want to hug you for creating the light bar, or if I want to blame you for making the uh, light bar <laughs> epidemic. <laughs> yeah. No. Well, it turned into a lot of, you know, domestic companies doing it. And then that flourished into, of course, all the reverse engineered knockoffs. Well, all the Chinese now, stuff came. So here's the thing. And I don't want to jump ahead in, in, in Alan's story, but he has an entire page and it's really well laid out called the knockoff, the lie. And he goes into great detail, uh, Baja Designs versus the imitators. And he's not just saying, hey, we're great and they suck. He breaks it down. So it's BajaDesigns.com, by the way, if you want to check this out. But you go through the specs. You basically dissect one of your, uh, I don't know what this light is, a quad. It's just a four element uh, LED, like a square style. Yeah, the squadron. The squadron versus a competitor that clearly reverse engineered yours or something similar. And you dissect it down to the gaskets, the grommets, the seals, the reflectors and to the chrome plating and how it's how the chrome plating is applied to the reflectors. To, Alan, uh, do you find it? We've it's talked amazing. About, we've talked about this on the show with, with other companies who have innovated and engineered something and then had their product reverse engineered, where some of the guys who have talked before this, is, what's funny is when companies reverse engineer our product, they don't know why we made the decisions we did. And so therefore, 
their product doesn't work the same way because they're just copying it, but they don't know how it's implemented. Have you found that being the case? Oh, absolutely. We've had them copy mistakes. (laughs) (laughs) You know, like things like, oh, you would have done it differently. Like we learned that, oh, that's not the good way to do something. And we've had, you know, we've had people, they just copy the, the mistakes. But a lot of the copycat stuff is they make it, they want to make it look like the product, but the, they obviously take shortcuts in the way that um, the product performs. Like you said, everything from the quality of the reflector to you know, the implementation of the electronics, the amount of the LEDs that they're using, the amount of power that it uses, the way, you know, thermal management, a lot of things that they just, well, we don't need that. Let's leave it out. Well, it's like you're using high quality O-rings and they're using silicone squeezed out of a, you know, a goo gun. It reminds me of, I don't know, I'm a big aviation buff. I love aviation. And uh, anybody who follows World War II aircraft know the big B-29 Super Fortress. That was the the bomber that dropped the, uh, the nukes. But the Russians had gotten their hands on one. It was the Tupolev Tu-4. It was reverse engineered from the B-29. Looked exactly, it was basically an exact replica down to the rivets. And there's a, a wives' tale or a legend, I'm not sure if it's true or not, that that plane had been shot or patched, the American plane, mm-hmm. and the Russian copy copied the patchwork on it. It was like that exact. Yeah. Yeah, there's a great story well, online say, about it. They say imitation is the serious form of flattery. So well, you've got a lot of flattery, you, my friend. You, you, yeah, yeah, but listen, Alan, we, we know that, and we've talked about it before, and and it sucks. It, you, 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 you try to swallow that bullet, you're like, it, it is yeah, flattery, it, 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 but it, it is, sucks. It is, the way, it is the way of the modern world, and, you know, basically... The way for us, you know, yes, it, it kind of it, it, it sucks, but it you know, they, they basically have to, we, we have to basically push the envelope. So we're always coming out with new products and newer, better performance and new, better features. And so they're always a couple of years behind us. So yeah, it, it, it certainly does. It forces you to innovate when right, maybe yes. you could have. But you, you wanted to take a breath and you just can't because you're <laughs> yeah, right on your heels. Is it like a band, though? Like. Trying to come up with that, you know, not being a one-hit wonder, coming up with that next big hit, right? Like, it forces you, and it's not easy to innovate every single time when you just innovated yesterday, and now you got to go do it again. That's exactly right. So, like you said, it forces us to be a better company because we can't just sit back on our laurels and go, oh, that's a great product, you know, and and ride that coattail for the next five years. If you're not constantly innovating in this particular market segment, you will get trampled. Well, let's talk about some of your brand ambassadors. You have some amazing people that run your product. People like Cameron Steele, Casey Curry, Bryce Menzies, Justin Lofton, Tom Ways, Chad Raglan, Gomez Brothers, Mitch Guthrie Jr. I mean, that's a massive list of, of well-known racers who rely on your product. And you yourself have raced in 14 Baja 1000s, five on dirt bikes and nine on four wheels. I've raced in the 1000 a few times. And when you're running through Baja at night, it, it is as pitch black as you can imagine. You're relying on that lighting system to, to have such big names out there that rely on you. I mean, that's pretty amazing. Yeah, I mean, this year's Baja 1000, uh, I think eight of the top 10 were running our lights. Um, you know, it's a testament to uh, our product, and people realize that there is, you know, a performance difference. And, you know, that's why racers. Uh, you know, run our product because horse or lighting is, we, we like to say lighting is horsepower at night, you know? And so, you know, the Baja 1000 is the biggest test of, of lighting off-road because it is the only off-road race where half the race is run 
at night. And, you know, like at Dakar, you know, it, it's extremely challenging conditions, but, you know, 90% of it or 100% of it is run in the daytime. Yeah, you run and in stages and then everybody yeah. kind of regroups and then you leave again the next day where Baja, I mean, you're you're nonstop for You're you nonstop. Know, and so half hours. the race half the race is at night. So the lighting performance is a huge part of your success to be able to see, to be able to be comfortable, uh, you know, and, and basically make, you know, driving at night the same as if you were driving in the daytime. That's that's our goal is is to make it just as comfortable to make make the the lighting color temperature such that you your your ter- your terrain recognition is not compromised, your field of view is not compromised so that you're not driving in this tunnel the light of tunnel. Light. Yeah, the light tunnel which is, you know, it it, <laughs> it plays tricks you know? on you. Like anybody who's <laughs> raced at night, now right. you're you don't know how big that next rock is or if the the, the cactus is in the middle or the cow. I mean, well, there's I can't right, crazy. I, I haven't done that, but I have been on a dark, you know, a highway and I've got HIDs on and you just start zoning out and all you see is that, you know, it's like you've been yeah. punched in the face and you're seeing stars like and you that's just that's all you see is right yeah. down that that you have tunnel vision for the lighting. And I mean at at Baja, imagine it's already dark, right? And there's already obstacles, and you're trying to go 80, 90, the trophy truck guys over 100 miles an hour through the desert, and then add to that dust and silt and all those things, and now you've got to have a lighting pattern that can break through that. And then sometimes it's foggy. You'll go by the coast, and, and now you're in a fog bank. with. I mean, it's, it's impossible, yet people are driving faster than highway speeds in the middle of the desert on unimproved roads, and literally... Your life depends on your lighting system. It is life or death. Yeah, I was going to ask you about that, Alan. I mean, you've got other brands that it's interesting. You said eight out of 10 racers down there were running Baja Designs. And I think that probably speaks to the quality because if you're doing 100 miles an hour on a road where if your lights cut out for just a second, maybe they overheat, right? You, you, you're going to die. You'll, I mean, you go off a cliff well, or think God of how many feet you can cover at that speed in just a second. Yeah. Right. So we like to think that, you know, that racing makes our product better and it drives innovation because if you're, you're, you know, especially when, when I was down racing on a bike and you only have two lights, they better be damn good because there are no mistakes that, you know, you, you can easily get away with on a motorcycle versus a car. You hit a big hole, you hit a rock or whatever. It's like, Oh, well, I broke the truck, but you, you do the same thing on a bike. You know, you, you may wake up in the hospital that kind of drove our desire to have better lighting because at first we were using, you know, lights that we could buy from another manufacturer and then building them into a system that would work on a motorcycle. But we quickly learned that most of the lights that were on the market were totally inappropriate for a motorcycle and gave us a pattern that didn't work very well. So we had to develop lights that that had a pattern of light distribution that worked with just two lights so so that you know Johnny Campbell and those guys can go 100 miles an hour across uh, you know the same terrain that the guy in the truck is doing and feel comfortable about it. He's only got two lights, and the truck's got 14. Johnny so, Campbell, well-known motorcycle racer who was just inducted into the Off-Road Motorsports Hall of Fame this past year. 11-time Baja 1000 champion, you know, running our lights. And, you know, so we, you know, we, it was really, a, you know, a push to give them the best product available. Uh, and that, you know, for, with kind of age comes a cage. I started racing in Baja in a car in 2003, um, and so, but we wanted to bring that same lighting that we had developed for the motorcycles to the car side of things. 
Um, and and, that, and that, that, that made us, I think, pretty successful because we, we came to the market saying, eh, it's not about throwing 20 lights on a vehicle and hoping that you know, you're going to get end up with a pattern and a light distribution that works. It's about matching the lighting to the situation. So you have lights for fog, you have lights for distance, you have lights for cornering, right? And so that that all those lights together blend into a package that allows you to go fast comfortably at night. What was your first breakthrough when you were designing that first motorcycle headlight? When you and the guys said, "Oh my gosh, we we really have something." Or you here. and the guy Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, so in 1998, we, we'd actually we'd been doing motorcycle lighting using other people's optics for a few years since 1995, um, and then we applied um, the what was new at the time, the HID technology, which is high intensity discharge lighting, into our, our own reflector. That really revolutionized off-road motorcycle lighting was combining uh, HID with with the proper reflectors. You know, it enabled our team, you know, which is a team of myself and a few other buddies who were definitely not Johnny Campbell, but we placed, you know, third overall that year in, in the Open Pro Motorcycle at the at the Baja 1000. And and I I guarantee you that we had a, you know a significant advantage over other teams who weren't running the lights that we had. You know, they, we were the only ones that had that technology, and it was a, it was a definite advantage. So when you, you moved into HIDs, those are somewhat fragile, though, are they not? No, but no, actually, HIDs are less fragile than uh, a, a, a halogen bulb that has a filament. Yeah, because oh, you're, okay. you're using an arc so, from a ballast. Got it. Yeah, so, there, so I mean, you have a lot more electronics. So, yes, you have to package the electronics properly, and you have to, you know, you have, to have good fundamentals. But the bulb itself, since there is no filament, uh, it's highly vibration-resistant versus a, a halogen bulb that, you know, with shock can, can break the filament. So really from that standpoint, they, they were more reliable than the, the halogen stuff of the day. And then how did you graduate to, how and when did you graduate to LED? When did you start experimenting? You know, basically we, we saw the writing on the wall that, that, that LED was, was getting better and better. It still wasn't uh, good enough for high performance forward lighting, but we had to start looking at it from the standpoint of this is a technology that's coming and if we aren't on board we will get left behind now wait a minute why didn't you go down the same road as home depot and force everyone to buy compact fluorescence for a little while <laughs> <laughs> yeah well compact fluorescence don't really work in the in the 12 volt no i'm market, kidding do you remember but, that time but i know yeah, it was yeah. only like three years yeah, ago yeah. when you walked into a freaking home depot or a lowe's and the I, I only just, thing is compact fluorescence you're like these suck right, and i don't want to buy my them. garage lights right, are they look right. like uh you know, filaments, but they're all LED now, which is nice. Right. You know? Yeah. So we, we actually partnered with a company that was smarter than us in terms of the utilizing LEDs to build our first LED light bar. And that was a company called Grody who had been working in the truck light market, but weren't really savvy in terms of the off-highway high-performance market. So we worked with them to develop that first uh, light bar. I mean, that was the start of the LED revolution. And as the LEDs got better and better, the performance of LED lighting got better and better and and, and soon eclipsed HID in terms of performance. So going to uh, LEDs really quick, uh, there's always been like a, I don't know, 
I guess Ford versus Chevy. It's Phillips or Siemens versus Cree. Um, I'm always curious to talk to people who are in the LED business to see what their thoughts are on those. We almost exclusively use Cree, and it's because uh, Cree's technology in terms of efficiency and um, power density, about 90% of the time they are in front of the rest of their competitors in terms of, when I would say power density, it's basically how much light they can put out for a package size. And the smaller you can get the package size with a lot of energy, the more that you can control that light energy and focus it the way you want it. So you want a small package with a lot of light output and they typically lead in that category. So that allows us to produce a light that will throw further down the road as well as we're able to control its beam pattern better. So we've been, we've been, you know, we've looked at every other led manufacturer, but we always come back to Cree because so far they lead in terms of, you know, power density and performance. Now, when you went to Grody and then you go to Cree, were you just like, a little speck and they're like, oh, well, you've got to buy X. We only deal with big companies. Or were they like, oh, wow, you've got interesting technology. We'd like to work with you. Well, and also there are, there's a rating system for LEDs. And so to buy the premier LED pieces, because on the manufacturing line, they'll come out and then they, they bucket them into different, you know, it's almost like yep. a steak, prime, you, you know, choice, all that. Yes. They do the same thing with LEDs. So for you to be a company that buys the premium ones, which is what you need in this type of product, you actually have to be somebody. So how did you guys get the quality LEDs when you started? Well, they, they would sell them to us, but we would just you know, we had to pay through the nose for them. Um, and and a lot of times, again, you got to think about a lot of these companies don't care about premium performance. They just care about something that's going to put out light. And especially in this market, they don't want to pay for that premium product. So it left. Well, how can of, uh, you when you have 47 light bars on your car? <laughs> <laughs> right? So a lot of the, you know, a lot of the, what we call subpar LEDs, the ones that are binned with for a lower output and a higher color temperature, those end up in the Chinese light bars. Those end up in the subpar products, right? Because they're a fraction of the cost, but we were willing to pay a premium for their premium product. And, and, and the manufacturer's, when they make an LED, they have what's called a yield, and so the premium LEDs are a far smaller yield than the you know less premium LEDs, right? So you end up paying considerably more for them, and the number of them that they have is smaller, but the group of people that want to buy them is smaller, so we fit perfectly in with that. You, we've talked about your the evolution of of lighting to HIDs to LEDs, but then something happened in 2016, and it could have changed the direction of Baja Designs forever. But you're still there. You still love the product. You're still supporting it. It seems like maybe nothing has changed, and that's the fact that Kinderhook acquired your company that you grew in your garage and became part of the uh, best top performance accessories group. So maybe walk us through what that's like to be essentially an entrepreneur started his business. And now somebody wants to buy your, your pride and joy, your baby, but you stay on to make sure you're guiding the brand. How, how does that all work? Sounds like a scary, it could be a scary time. Yeah. Or exciting. Well, it, it was, it was the right time for my wife and I, um, to, you know, basically develop a you know an exit strategy moving forward and and they approached us with you know a good offer and they were a good partner you know they appeared to be a good partner and they they have been 
and and basically they said, we, you know, we want to buy your company. We think it's worth this. And, you know, we will help you grow it. And we want you to stay on. We, we, we love the passion and the product. And we don't want you to leave, but we want, you know, we want you to help you to grow it. And we're going to give you an incentive to stay and help grow it. And, and that's really worked well for us. So they've given you uh, the scale you need, but they're not meddling like many no, yeah, they, companies they've can. Really, they've been really hands off. They've, they've helped us in areas where we needed help, like where they, they, they basically took over our IT and they've took, taken over some of our accounting and they've you know, taken over some things that you know, we're not good at um, and we don't want to mess with. Um, and, you know, basically said, you know, Hey, go, you know, increase your marketing budget and gave us the freedom to do that. Where, where my wife and I may have not spent that money in marketing and put it in our pocket instead, they, they, you know, they gave us that, you know, that ability to maybe take some more chances that we wouldn't have otherwise. And, 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 uh, you know, we were, we were positioned well in the market to be able to grow and, and we've had, you know, huge success since, since they've bought us. One word that, that stuck out in my head, wife. You said wife two or three times. Where is yes. your wife? That doesn't, in... that doesn't mean he has two or three wives. <laughs> oh, is that what it is? Okay. Oh, she's not a polygamist. No. Okay, I got it. All no, right, so... my, she, she's been instrumental in um, growing and developing the business. I, I'm, you know, I'm an engineer. I, I like to, to, to develop new products and, um, you know, and, and innovate, but I'm really not, uh, you know, a business person. And my wife has a long history of, of business management and helping companies to grow. And so she came on board uh, Baja Design shortly after we were married. She had a business of her own. She sold that. And she was fascinated with, you know, and she's an enthusiast as well. She's been oh, ri- ri- riding dirt bikes. So just since like she was, us, you married yeah, up too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So she's been riding dirt bikes since she was seven years old and was, you know, an enthusiast and, and saw this, you know, opportunity to help grow this business and, and, and make it successful. And it, and, and it, and it probably couldn't have been without her because, you know, she really took, took over the running of the business uh, and freed me up to be able to do, you know, product design and development. So, but the two things are not the successful business needs both of those things. And so it was a, it was a good, uh, teaming of of skills to to grow and develop the company. Tell me that you guys met each other out on the trail somewhere. Well, we actually met each other at a off road industry party. So uh, there you go, the close. Same, but <laughs> well, you yeah. know what they say: behind every good lighting company is a good wife. So right, yeah, that's what they say. <laughs> they do. I don't know. It oh, sounded okay. good at the moment. Yeah. So I'm kind of curious. We we've talked about you know the investment of uh, of Kinderhook and and the best top group and uh, allowing you some of the resources that you know and allowing you to focus on other parts of the business. Now you guys have taken a huge leap forward, and in 2018 you introduced the first all laser auxiliary light. Wait, and that's got to be hit. laser. Wait, now you're going to make that's that joke? I, I don't do it now. I can't <laughs> do it either. That's not any better than mine. <laughs> no, it's not any better. <laughs> laser. Bars with lasers. We have, why do we have to put a pinky stick in the corner of our mouth? That's how you have to say it. <laughs> it's like you can't do bowling go without the horns. Right. Now, now, hold on a second. This is not a laser like a laser pointer that I buy at Fry's Electronics to screw with my brother, right? Or your this co-host is, on the freeway on the 22 West at 11 o'clock at I night. I didn't do that. Yeah, I didn't, that uh-huh. didn't happen. Okay. 
Do you know I just spent three hundred bucks on a laser the other day, though? Again, why? Because the, the you got pulled over and your other one got confiscated. Just because I wanted one that went <laughs> into space. That's why. Oh my gosh! <laughs> well, just buy a light bar and you can have one go down the road so you can actually see. Yeah, maybe we should let Alan yes. talk. <laughs> so just like LEDs were um, back in two thousand six, you know, lasers are really the at least for forward projection you lighting. You mean lasers. Oh, okay, I can't it. stop it. Can't. Let him finish the freaking story. I can't stop. <laughs> we're, we're cursed by Mike Myers forever. And right. we are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the, you know, it's the future for forward projection lighting because they, again, they, they allow you to do things that you can't do currently with an LED because the energy density is so high. So in other words, you can create a lot of power from a very small source, and that allows you to focus it, project it, do what you want with it more effectively than you can with a current LED technology. And so we saw that as if, if we want the, you know, the, the brightest, farthest projecting light that there is, that we better start looking at, at this laser technology. And um, there's a guy, Suji Nakamura, uh, who's a scientist who invented the blue LED, and he also invented the blue laser conversion to white light. And we worked with him to develop uh, our first uh, laser auxiliary lights. So you're, this is not like a, a trade name laser, like super bright white light. You know, it's, it's actually, you mean an actual laser, no different than a, a laser that you'd hold in your hand or that a laser I would see in Star Wars, right? Maybe yeah, a little so, bit different. A little different? Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Laser lighting uses two blue lasers uh, that are projected on a yellow Because phosphor. one wasn't enough and then three were too many. No, yeah. We, we, yes, of course. Then one <laughs> wasn't enough. So to get the, the power that we want um, in, in the, the space, we, we use two blue lasers focused on a very small target, which is a yellow phosphor, and that yellow phosphor converts that blue laser energy into white light. And that's what we're actually projecting. But because it's such a small source, we, it, we can get uh, really narrow beam angles and project it over, over long distances that we can't do with any other technology. It's like the ultimate pencil beam. Pretty much, yes, exactly. I, I was recently yep. in, uh, in a far-off land that I can't talk about because of embargoes and <laughs> stuff. And I was talking to one of the OE lighting engineers about laser lighting. And mm -hmm. in Europe, BMW and a few of the other high-end German luxury manufacturers are just now introducing laser lighting for their, their headlights. And exactly. we were having a conversation about when was laser lighting coming here and why wasn't BMW bringing over that technology to the United States. And the lighting engineer was telling me that our laws aren't really set up yet. They haven't caught up to the technology. And so it's not really legal on road yet for the U.S. But then was talking about there were concerns about eyesight um, and, and being blinded by the laser lights because they shoot so far. What, blinded by the light? Blind. No, never mind. I'm not even going to go there. <laughs> um, so what are some of the concerns or are there any in the type of laser setup that you guys are doing with your lights? Well, the, these are eye safe. So because you're not actually viewing the laser directly. So if you took your if took our laser and pointed it at your eye, it would, you know, it would damage your retina in very short period of time. But because of the way that the lasers are packaged, there's no physical way that you can do that. The lasers are mounted on a a, a surface mounted de electronic device where they actually point backwards. So they're pointing if you were looking at it from the top, it would be pointing down. 
and it's pointing down against the yellow uh, phosphor well, card. That so, seems counterintuitive to so point it backwards what, towards the, the aft yes. end of my car. So what happens is when yes. you nerf somebody in Baja and it right. explodes a light, it makes your truck go poof. And then <laughs> right? you're, just, you're just sitting there on a seat holding a steering wheel in the middle of the Baja race course. Yeah, so there's, there's pretty much no way to view the laser directly, um, you know, without even if you tried to dismantle the light and dismantle the SMB part, you can't, you, there's no way to see the laser directly. And what's the, uh, the life of that phosphorus? Um, currently, it is about, we're, we're guessing, it, it, it improves every day as the manufacturing process improves. So they're, they're probably around 2,000 hours right now, which usually is much longer than the life of the vehicle. Is that a replaceable part? Are those lights, because your lights have always been known for being user serviceable and rebuildable. Yeah. Are there sections of the, uh, the we, lasers? We'd have, to, we'd have to replace the circuit board in the okay. lamp, in the light to to replace it. Um, so they don't have, like the, currently, the, the our uh, LED sources have about a 47,000 hour life. Wow. Um, that's what the, that's what they're rated for. So these are much shorter lifespan. But consider that um, uh, like an HID bulb that is in you know a lot of factory automotive applications, their lifespan typically is a thousand, twelve hundred hours. But most vehicles never ever get that many hours. Right. So yeah. So two thousand hours is eighty or is basically eighty three days. And you figure times two because it's not dark for 24 hours. So right. that's like 160 days of them being, you know, on, on continuously, yeah. on continuously yes. right. Now, yes. so these have three, all right, we're talking about your on X6, right? Your hybrid lasers and yes. the XL laser. Yes. These offer 350% greater projection over regular lights, 350%? Yes, the, the laser portion does, yes. Now, what do you mean the laser portion? Well, so the portion like, with the, lasers. So the, so like you, we call that the one. The Onyx Six Hybrid is a. We, it's a hybrid because it's a mix of LEDs and laser. Oh. Now, so but we offer it in a hybrid version and a pure laser version, and the XL light is a is a pure laser version. So, um, yes, if you compare that uh, like that XL pure laser compared to our regular, you know, say XL light. It has its projection distance is about three and a half times um, because it's a very focused. Like you said, it's the ultimate pencil beam. It's a one and a half degree beam angle, um, which we can't accomplish that kind of beam angle in, you know, in, in any other source. But so keep in mind that it's a great pencil beam, but you've got to combine that with some other different optics or other different sources to get a, a light that's you know, usable for, for off-road or on-road. And what happens to the packaging uh, of the light? Is it the same, is it the same as we've seen all the other light bars or yeah, do you have we're to... currently, currently, yes, we're packaging our laser stuff in similar packaging or the same packaging as our other, you know, light bars and, and pod lights and, and what have you. And, and what's the efficiency difference? So if you had a, a comparable led product, obviously not necessarily comparable, but if you did, what is the efficiency in terms of draw? Because people have gotten used to, you know, running their lights and only needing a 10 or 15 amp circuit instead of a 30, yeah. like, you know, back in the day. And, and what would the difference be? So the efficiency of the laser product continues to improve all the time, as well as LEDs. But current, if you look at a high-end LED right now versus the high-end laser chip, 
Um, right now, um, the efficiency of the laser chip is about 50% of an LED chip currently, but the lasers are improving dramatically. We've seen we've seen probably a 25% increase in efficiency just in the last six to eight months. So as the technology improves, the efficiency will begin to uh, approach and parallel um, the LED technology. Um, with now, Alan, with some of your, a lot of your LED products, you've got a really cool feature. I want to say it's BMT, right? Your battery management technology. So as yeah. if I'm running these a really long time or I'm, I'm stopped for a moment and my voltage, my battery voltage goes down from 13 and a half down to 10 or whatever, your LEDs will dim. So they're not using, consuming as much power. Correct. Can the same thing be done with lasers or is it yeah, an on absolutely. and off switch? Oh, it can. No, absolutely. And that, that, and that, that technology is incorporated. Um, I, well, let's see, is it, I don't I have to, I don't remember if Ooh, I've I got stumped it him. in the lasers. Yeah, good no, job. Yeah, I can't remember. <laughs> I get, go through so many circuit designs. I don't remember if I have the BMT in the latest can, laser product. No, it is not. It is not in it yet, but it will be. Can you flash a laser or is there any warm up time like there was with HID no, yeah, and balance? Lasers, lasers can be flashed at extremely high speeds. In fact, um, much faster than, than LED or other light sources. And they're, in fact, they're going to be using them for uh, like line of sight communications where they can, you know, flash uh, a laser across great distances to um, communicate, uh, you know, basically to, to transfer speech or video or whatever. It can be, it can be pulse width modulated to do that. So yes, it can by, be by the way, for people who may not be familiar with pulse, pulse width modulation, Anybody who took a early 07 to, you know, 12, 13 or whatever uh, Wrangler JK and you took out the factory lights and you put in an early LED light and you wondered why they flickered, <laughs> yeah. That's, yeah. that's pulse yeah. with modulation. So what the manufacturers have done is with an incandescent light, because the filament stays hot and lit yep. and takes a while to cool down, what they figured out is they can cut for efficiency and energy uh, efficiency – uh, as well as fuel efficiency because they're not charging up the battery with the alternator as much, they will dim and brighten the lights at imperceptible levels yep. in order to save energy. But yep. when you put in an LED, an LED light, they flash so fast, it flickers. And yeah. so there yes. has to be a capacitor or something else in line, which is what the, the new newer lights are using, in order to mellow those out. But that's what pulse width modulation is. Well, that happens a lot of guys. So if you have halogen bulbs and you go online and you're like, I want to go to HIDs or LEDs and you plug yep. them in without an adapter, all of a sudden you turn your lights on yeah. and they start flickering. Dance and all party. of a sudden, yeah, you got a rave <laughs> in your front yard as you're, you're like, God damn. <laughs> so they sell adapters, a lot of things, yeah. fuller boxes right yeah. Um, yeah. most of them are junk by the way i have been through quite a few <laughs> yeah. on many vehicles and i have found that f when you find like a phillips or a bosch piece they usually work pretty yeah. well the, the cheap stuff that are in line or like a hundred percent of them have been junk like right. yeah. six months or something what is the biggest market for baja designs is it still off-road or like some of the other um light bar companies are dabbling in um whether it's marine or it's mining or are you just like no I love I love off-road so much that's my focus. Well, we're still mostly off-road. Um one segment that we've uh we've started growing since 2005 or 6 is the military market because they're they're pure off-roaders and they need performance and so we've been and most of what we're doing with the military is in non-visible lighting um so infrared lighting 
Um, you know, we had uh, a Navy SEAL come to us at SEMA, I think it was 2005 or six, who said, you know, and he, this guy was the guy that who raced Baja on a bike. And so he was familiar with our bike lights. And he came to us at SEMA and he goes, you know, my lights in Baja are great, but the lights that I my risk my life with in Afghanistan suck. Right. Can you do anything to help me? Right. And he was talking about infrared lighting. So the, the lights that they use basically under night vision goggles. And so we've been we've been supplying the military with high performance off road infrared lighting for a number of their vehicle platforms. For Which, by the way, are badass. Yeah. So there's yeah. there's a yeah. new version of night vision goggles that's white and black instead of the old green ones that you might be familiar with. And I had an opportunity at a uh, certain uh, Jeep event um, a while back where we met a group of people through some friends they were working with who said, you're not allowed to ask them questions, but if you don't talk about this, you get to go on this trip. And so we went with this group of people with their friends who brought some things and uh, blacked out everything we were driving and then went and did some famous trails at night. Wow. Wait, so yeah. all with the goggles on? Yes. Oh, my yeah, Lord. The, so yes. those goggles, they're, they're called they're white phosphor goggles. Um, yeah. The, the 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 latest generation is the PVS 31s from L3, and they are stinking amazing. Crazy so with, clear. Yeah, and then with with two of our little squadron infrared lights and those night vision goggles, you can drive full speed off road just like it's daytime with with that setup. It's, it's so it's, weird because you'll see yeah. like uh, the Coast Guard or you know helicopter pilots, and they'll have the night vision goggles on, and and you you almost think, how can they see? What's their depth perception? It's amazing with everything blacked out, even on a moonlit night, you adjust so quickly that you can still place your vehicle exactly where you want it. And it's clear. It's just black and white, but right. it is the clarity yeah. is unbelievable. Now, wait a minute, Alan, are we going to come to a day when because everyone's like, oh, we've got diesel pollution and we don't want airplanes anymore. We don't want, we don't want light pollution, sound pollution, whatever. Will will there be a day that we don't have visible light? Where, you know what I'm saying? We'll and use, everybody's walking around. Everybody's night got. Goggles. Well, no, 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 no. Your windshield will be some sort of a uh, a night vision piece, and your. Well, and, I know that some of the European manufacturers are already including some of that technology in their high end cars with like uh, heads up displays and stuff like that that display. Um, animal stuff in the road beyond, or something. Yeah. An animal in the road that's beyond the you know the visible light range uh, into the infrared, and and they. They, they may or may not use active infrared illumination. I mean, that's what we do with the military. So we supplement the night vision goggles performance because the night vision goggles work on available light, but you can dramatically improve their performance by supplying additional infrared light. So it works just like regular headlights, except for you can't see it. But under night vision goggles, you can. The future uh, is You know here. what I'm going to do? I'm going to put some lights on my Jeep. And then I'm going to go at night and drive with my friends, and, and they're going to be like, dude, those things don't even light up. I'm like, oh, it's infrared. Don't worry about it. <laughs> That's These insane. are the most badass lights <laughs> that you don't even know about. And then you go off a cliff. Yeah, you, yeah, don't want, you don't want to know what the price tag is for a PVS-31. Uh, so. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all I know is they're heavy and they give you a headache. I can't believe yeah. like, getting used to them. That's, yeah. that's the worst part. Now, so, Alan, so you're you're on X6. Is it Onyx 6? Um, Onyx 6, yeah. Onyx 6. Okay. It's it, it's pronounced like it's Onyx, like the rock, right? Yeah, Onyx? exactly. Onyx 6. What is the price? I'm kind of scared to ask because it's cutting edge, t- cutting edge technology. Is it going to set me back? I'm not a good one to ask for pricing because um, I don't do sales. I do engineering. But um, are you talking about like the Onyx 6 hybrid laser, what that costs? Yeah. I mean, we're talking yeah. about a grand, right? 
Yeah, it's about a grand per 10-inch section for Which the Onyx 6 Hybrid Laser. isn't really that bad considering what you're getting, to be honest with you. Dude, I mean, it's not, a, it's not a trivial amount of money. I get that. But for the technology, I mean, I would have expected it to be a lot more expensive than that, to be honest with you. Yeah, but I can get these ones from China that are spelled L A Z E R R R. Yeah, right? yeah. yeah, and it, those are like eighty bucks. It's a Baja B A H A design with a Z. <laughs> <laughs> All right, listen, cutting edge technology always from our man Alan at Baja Designs. And uh, listen, if, if oh, my question for you is, let's say you're just a regular truck driver. Maybe you got an F one fifty. Maybe you got a a, a Ram. Um, mm-hmm. Nissan Titan? You got a Nissan Titan? Absolutely. Can you go to BajaDesigns.com and, like, what are, what should you be looking for if you're, like, you know, you, you live on a ve- ranch? Yeah, they're the vehicle-specific kits or they're uh, yeah, universal have, kits? Have, Where do I even we, start? It, it, we have vehicle-specific kits for virtually all the prop- popular trucks. Um, so there's usually something that will fit your truck. You know, other than that, you know, you can go with a – you know, a, a bull bar or something with a light bar on it. But yeah, we have vehicle specific kits that mount, you know, light bars behind the grills that mount, um, you know, our new LP six and LP nines on bumpers or a pillars. And, uh, you know, there's a, there's a lot of variations, uh, depending on, you, you know, like the, the Raptor is probably our most popular upfitted truck with lighting. And we have a bunch of different variations for that. And we, you know, bunch of different variations for Ford F-150s, a fair amount for the Chevy line and, you know, and all the other trucks as well. But um, it varies. Some of them are easier to fit with aftermarket lighting than, than others. Well, I appreciate the info. On behalf of the Truck Show Podcast, Alan, you have uh, been uh, very enlightening, and we don't use that very often. <laughs> because <laughs> we don't know what it means. Well, no, because it's a pun. See, it's, he's enlightening, enlightening, right? I, See I, what I, I did I there? Got, I was trying to steer you away from <laughs> okay, that. Okay, I got it. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> the the mad scientist behind uh, the scientists of lighting, and uh, that's uh, Alan Roach from Baja Designs. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah. If we go visit him, do you think he'll give us, as if he's not listening, two <laughs> lab coats that say Mad Scientist with Baja Designs <laughs> on the other pocket? Yeah, only f- during our tour. That'd be cool. Alan? Yeah, those those are hard to come by. Oh, Damn it, you man! You got to earn one of those. Okay. okay. Can, we sweep, can we sweep the floors or something or <laughs> get you lunch? Yeah. He's going to hand us all the parts to a new laser light yeah. and say, put it together. And if it works when you're done... Then All you right. get a left. No, we just no. walk out with our head in our hands. <laughs> I don't even know what to do with this. I barely made our new on-air uh, light in our studio light up today. And I it know. It was only two wires. <laughs> yep, two wires. Alan, thank you very much for spending the time with us. Thanks, guys. All, All right. right, man. Talk to you soon. Talk Thanks. To you. All right. We'll see you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Holman, what do you think about doing some five-star hotline? I can't wait. Oh, come on and be part of the show. Call the five-star hotline. 657-205-6105. It's the five star hotline. Five star hotline. Lightning Holman. Just listened to episode 60. You guys are doing a good job. Uh, just thought with all of the talk that Holman does about the embargoedness. I don't even know if that's a word. Embargoedness. Everything he does <laughs> is embargoed. You need some sort of soundbite for embargo. Something like embargo. Every time <laughs> should we just copy that? No. Word that all of us, it pains us. It really pains us to hear because it's just a little bit of a teaser. Anyway, you have the good work, guys. Five stars. Oh, five stars. By the way, that's you, why you come back for more. Yeah. Do you, well, you guys think it's painful. I have to sit across from the fool, and he's got to tease me. And sometimes he won't even tell me off air. 
I, I'm like, a lot I, of times I won't tell you. We'll, off go, air. we'll go stand by the Coke machine. I'm like, hey, uh, what, 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 well, what's doing? First of all, we have to stand by the Dr Pepper machine if you want to get anything out of me. But, I see. But you work in the aftermarket. I certainly can't tell you <laughs> half the stuff that I know. Hi, Lightning and Magazine Man. This is uh, Tyler <laughs> from Minnesota calling. Just wanted to let you know that you can keep the California pompous tip going because about three days ago it was 65 degrees. And now I am currently sitting in a skid steer at 11 o'clock at night plowing snow. Oh, that's so horrible. keep up the good work. Your podcast get me through plowing snow for 14 hours, and I will binge all of them over again because this damn snow will not stop falling. Oh. Thanks again, guys. What snow? Trucks rule. Your guys' podcast rules. I love it. Keep it up. Bye. Oh, very, uh, right. that's very cool. Thank you, Tyler. Appreciate it. From that's Minnesota. Awesome. Man, yeah. they have just been beaten by the cold weather. Uh, just beaten. You know I almost didn't get home for this podcast, Oh, right? you had so many flights that were canceled? What Dude, happened? I had 12 flights that were canceled yesterday, and uh, I was coming back from Detroit from an <clears throat> embargo thing, <laughs> and uh, I get to the airport, and there was a like polar bomb or whatever they call the, uh, the, the cold uh, weather explosion in the Midwest, right. and I was flying through MSP. And so I'm like, well, I, I don't want to fly out tomorrow. And half the planes didn't make it to Detroit, and Detroit's a major hub for Delta. And so I tried um, Atlanta, sold out. I tried Austin, sold mm-hmm. out. I tried Salt Lake City, mm-hmm. sold out. I tried Vegas, sold out. Tried uh, Kansas City, sold out. And uh, I had my travel agent uh, who was doing the Lord's work for me. I held about seven or eight different boarding passes. And just as I was holding them, I would get the email thing that said, oh, it's been canceled or delayed. So now I'm thinking I have to spend the night in Detroit's airport. This is not really what I want to do. I've got a lot to uh, do at home, including a podcast the following day, uh, and finish building our podcast studio. And so I begged and pleaded with the, uh, the travel agent. And she says, there's a flight to Seattle in 30 minutes, and that'll get you back home. And I said, let's book it. Okay. Turns out, in Detroit, you can't get from the Delta terminal to the other terminal without going outside the terminal, grabbing a shuttle, going back through security. Uh... So, did not make that flight. <laughs> and so then she said, well, there's one last hope, is you can go Now, through- wait a minute. You tried? Yeah. Okay. And then she- So now you're so mad. Now I'm mad and stuck because I, I'm like, I can't make it over there. I, I left the airport and now I have to go back through security. There's no way I can make it over there in time. So she says, there's one last hope. You can go to Indianapolis. They still are showing a flight to Minneapolis and then you can go home. Oh. And I'm like, okay, fine. No problem. I get on the flight for Indianapolis. The door shuts. The plane is being pushed back and I get an email. Flight canceled to Minneapolis. Oh. <laughs> so now I'm flying to Indianapolis for no reason. Oh. <laughs> so I get to Indy, and she says, I have one last hope. Can you get to the other terminal because there's an American Airlines flight that's flying through Phoenix and then home? And I look at the map, and uh, Indy is a small airport shaped like a U, and one's Terminal A and one's Terminal B. I go, yes, get me the ticket. By the time I ran to the other side, they were boarding – and she goes, go to the desk. You have a ticket. And I got on. So yesterday I went from Detroit to Indy to Phoenix yeah. and finally got home. Yeah. Oh so, uh, yeah, traveling's awesome, everybody. And you're being punished because you're, uh, cause you're under embargo. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Lightning at Holman. This is Peter up in Northern California. Um, the reason I'm calling is because Lightning was slacking a little bit during that PRP interview. Holman must have said rubbers at least five times, including <laughs> such gems as 
I had to get good rubbers. You can never underestimate the quality of good rubbers and other comments <laughs> like that, and not a single that's what she said. So just want to say, pick it up a little bit next time. Other than that, keep up the good work. Looking forward to the next one. That's what she said. So, <laughs> by the way, I was consistently looking at you going, you pointing at play, me. play it. This and is like you know pure what? gold. They're like wiffle balls. It was balls. too freaking easy. Uh, I don't hit wiffle but balls. But you didn't even hit one of them. I did a couple others elsewhere no. in the show. You you would have been the kid who hit the wiffle ball ran to third base. Listen, sometimes <laughs> it's predictable. Other times I like to be unpredictable. You're never and unpredictable. And I didn't want to go after every little rubber reference. But you didn't even do one during that entire interview. Huh? I don't know what to tell you. Uh, I, I, I agree with our listener here. I, I think Peter's right. You were slacking. Huh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm enjoying this new studio. Are you? I am. It's a little warm in here, I got to say. Um, yeah, we're going to try and get that fixed. Uh, it's a little bit of growing pain. So the studio is uh, almost the same size as the old one, except we have 10-foot ceilings. A little smaller, eight. right? Nope, it's not. It feels smaller. It's a foot narrower, but a foot longer. Oh, damn it. <laughs> Hold on. Wait, 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 wait. I wasn't ready. That's what she said. There we go. <laughs> Dang oh, it. Oh, it's always got to be about size. Well, I was... Sw- oh, no, no, no. That's what she said. Oh, See, you now you're overcompensating. That's what she said. <laughs> So what do you say? It's time for some What's New in Trucks. Heck yeah! What's What's new in Trucks? We need to know. What's new in Trucks? We need to know. What's new in Trucks? We need to know. Lifted, lowered, and everything in between. What's happening in the world of Trucks? Oh! That was so much better than last week. Five star right there, buddy. Oh, yeah. Strong. We were on it. That was new what it is. Tight. We were sad about the old studio, and now we've got the Juju vibe coming through the new studio. Oh, I'm loving it. I'm loving it. Oh, that was good. I just went and got some uh, planted planters salted peanuts yeah, in I the can vending smell machine. Them on you. Uh-huh. And we did. We didn't have a vending machine in the last. We place. We didn't have anything in the last place. Well, we had some cool oh, hot rods. You know what I'm sad about? What's that? There's no wiener schnitzels near here. No, but there is a Shake Shack. There is a Shake Shack. Yeah. There's also a um, ooh Johnny Rockets. Okay. Uh, there is a oh oh Randy's Donuts. Oh, right the there. famous Randy's Donuts, yeah. one you guys have all seen on TV. Yeah, with a big donut. Yeah. What movie did? What, was it rolling off? How about every movie, movie ever? has yeah. ever existed. Randy's Donuts. Yeah, yeah, Randy's Donuts. So we got Randy's Donuts over here. Um, there's a good pizza joint down the uh, down the street. There's mm-hmm. oh, Fleming's and Houston's if you feel rich. We're not going to either of those. Yeah, ever. Right. Uh, but they're they're around the corner. Like the neighborhood is definitely more upscale. There aren't any uh, naked guys uh, who are on meth walking around <laughs> uh, like our old studio. And- um, it seems a lot safer at night. I one thing we're missing, uh huh, ants. But we have an ant farm, so we can actually introduce ants into the studio. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, so far, there are no critters. Yeah, uh, the electricity works. The uh, I feel like there's um, there's enough room for us. Yeah, I, it's pretty. I think it's solid. It's going to be interesting when we're here and the Hot Rod Magazine guys are here, or they're taping one of their yeah, shows. Yeah, we can grab them and say, "Come on, the show." Do they shoot it right here? All the all the Literally, Motor Trend Auto Man shows across the hallway. Oh my gosh! Yeah, so we so can lucky, like lucky raid people, their set. Yeah, right. People have been asking for Lucky to come on, or Tony, or mm-hmm. uh, Fryberger and Finnegan are, are out here sometimes. Uh, Johnny's out here, so I mean, we just need to figure out a date when they uh, when we're in here and they're over there, and see if we can score some uh, Motor Trend celebrities after the show. After we're done uh-huh. recording, let's do some selfies around the building so they can see what it's like. All right, and post them on our social at Truck Show Podcast. Yes. 
except on Twitter, which is at Truck Podcast, but nobody cares. Do you know that we forgot to give out the five-star hotline number during that whole segment right you there? You mean 657-205-6105? No, no, no. 657-205-6105. Oh, that number again? That's 657-205-6105. That's right. Now I feel like we have to do the what's new with trucks all over again. Oh, Damn well, it. Oh, what if we're not as good going into this intro? Let's try it. What's new in trucks? We need to know. That's enough. Do it. Did you know that GMC was coming out with a carbon fiber bed for the uh, new Sierra? Uh, no, that sounds like a joke. Uh, it's tough. But life, wait. And optional. It's tough, lightweight, and optional. Everything you'd expect from carbon fiber. No, uh, seriously, are they doing this or yeah, is this yeah, a no, holdover they, from April Fool's? They've been talking about this for like 12 months now, and it's finally going to be released this summer. So all of you have been waiting to get your uh, your 2019 GMC Sierra Denali okay. um, or AT4. Um, you'll be able to get the Carbon Pro box. Um, it's uh, finally ready for prime time, and they had some of our guys out at the factory to watch some torture testing. And so if you want to see those videos, trucktrend.com or fourwheeler.com. Uh, and when you say, what kind of torture testing are they doing? Well, GMC put the bed through a uh, whole bunch of uh, validation testing, including drop tests of cinder blocks, 1,800 pounds of gravel, massive steel drums, and then they also... Uh, subjected the Carbon Pro box to loading it down with a snowmobile with studded track and then accelerating it to full throttle with a 250-pound rider on board, and the bed only sustained minimal scratching. That's interesting. Uh, It's also been validated in high heat and extreme cold conditions. Uh, And I also got the name of a a person who was instrumental in developing the bed that I think we might be able to have on the the show at some point. That'd be great. Um, So anyway, I have a question about Denali's. So uh, the the mix of Denali's to like high countries, right? Uh There are considerably fewer GMCs than Chevy Silverados, Uh, correct? Yeah, but there's more Denali's in high countries, I would guess. Oh, so that's what I, 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 I was going to ask the makeup because it feels like in Southern California, I see a lot of Denali's, but yeah. it's a high price yeah, point but, truck. But High Countries uh, only came out a few years ago and Denali's have been out for a while. So I think brand recognition and the number of Denali's are, are a lot more. But in the new, the Duramax, the, the L5P, the 17, uh, I the 19, I'm agreeing with yeah. you. But I, what I'm asking is if I go to other parts of the country, do you think it's the same makeup? Is it the same ratio of Denali's to High Countries? Or is it in no, our little, are we in our little regional? Yeah, we're so it's our, our Southern California bubble. Yeah, there's other bubbles too. GMC does really well, I believe, in like the Northwest, and and there's other places too. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'd be interested to hear from our listeners who and have I mean, Denali's. Well, yeah, I With mean, carbon I, pro boxes. And I'd also like to find out why you bought a Denali versus uh, Chevy High uh, Country. Yeah, exactly. I mean. I guess now it's the styling. The only thing they share are the roof and rear doors. I believe every other piece of sheet metal on the new trucks is different, although the interiors are very, very similar. Very close, yeah. Did you know that the Carbon Pro box is 59 pounds lighter than an equivalent steel bed? Are you going to pose all of these as questions? Because you know I don't know the answer. Did you know you could have a <laughs> one cubic foot increase in total bed volume? Oh, one cubic foot. Ooh, and there's, there's enough for a tiny little tackle box. Extensive tie-down locations and molded notches. A molded notch? Uh, they did not announce pricing, however. What is a molded Pro. notch? Uh, you know, so you can put like a two by four for two tier loading ah, and things like that. Okay. Yep. So uh, anyway, uh, for now, the f- Carbon Pro feature will be on the GMCs only. Mm-hmm. And uh, so at least that's one thing that GMC can say that they have and the Chevy owners don't. And uh, the other thing would be the, uh, I believe the heads up display is unique to GMC, as is the um, rear view mirror that's a camera. So if you have a full load in the bed, 
you can uh, say, I, I was waiting <laughs> That's for what it. she said. Uh, yeah. You can still see behind you. Uh, I think those are all GMC exclusives. But, uh, dude, I would be, if I had a high country, I would be kind of bummed out that I didn't have heads up display. I know. And but, you, you can't but even get it. It's not even fi- an upgrade. Finally, uh, uh, GM in, is trying to differentiate Chevy and GMC and the price you know, premium on GMC and give them a few more options like the carbon pro bed that the Chevy uh, guys don't get. Okay. Also, that multi pro tailgate. Oh, yeah. I really like that. Uh, moving right along, did you know um, that there's been a report about some new Nissan trucks on the horizon? Tell me more. Uh, apparently, and uh, we may have to call some friends over at our presenting sponsor, Nissan, who renewed for another year, woo, right. and find out. But uh, Nissan will reportedly redesign the Frontier. Is it a new? Nissan Titan XD. No, it oh. is not. Okay. Uh, but it is a redesigned Frontier for 2021. Oh, so sources are saying that the uh, the Frontier will use an upgraded uh, F Alpha platform, which is the current platform of the uh, the current truck, right? And not the NP three hundred platform found under the global market Nissan Navara and Mercedes Benz X Class. However, if you remember, we drove that truck in Morocco with Nissan back in November, and I loved it, especially the AT thirty two version. It's it'll be interesting. I think uh, I think the platform is really good. It just needs a fresh truck on top of it. Now, will it have five year, one hundred thousand mile warranty? Well, the Titans do. I don't know if the Frontier will. We'll, uh, we'll have to wait till twenty twenty one. We're putting the pressure on. Uh, I now did... when we go back to uh, not Camden. What city is it again? Canton. Canton. Oh, I was so close to Camden. Canton, Mississippi. Canton, Mississippi. Now, when we go back there, can we put the pressure on? Uh, say, yes, we will say we demand a new truck immediately, and they'll say get out. Yeah, well, we've, yeah, let's not let's not uh, ruin our invite before we uh, have a chance to get there. All right. Uh, rumor also has it that it might get a 300 horsepower V6, Ooh. which uh, which could be pretty cool, and a seven speed automatic. I no, wait, is that a rumor? Do you actually know it to be true? Because one of your embargoes. Uh, embargo. <laughs> <laughs> I can't tell you. Uh. Uh, so anyway, uh, anybody, are you? anybody who's been waiting for some new Nissan trucks, I also hear that the uh, mm, rumored the uh, Nissan Titan, mm-hmm. Nissan Titan XD, that one might be getting uh, refreshed soonish. How well. refreshed? Uh, just the mid cycles coming up at some point. Okay, so be some it's Nissan like news. a new pair of shoes or like the full like jeans and a vest. I've said too much, damn it. <laughs> okay. uh, moving right along, uh, Toyota finally making news in the truck world. Oh my mm-hmm. gosh, it's about time, Toyota. Uh, apparently the next generation Tacoma and Tundra will be based on the same platform. Oh, wait, what? Yeah, so uh, there's finally rumors that Toyota is going to actually update their trucks oh my gosh. for really the first time since 2005. Uh, I mean, they've had my old updates, As the but... Earth's crust was cooling, <laughs> yeah. Toyota launched their first truck and haven't updated it since. <laughs> uh, so that'll be good news for all you Toyota fans out there. I know we make a lot of fun of the uh, of, of the Toyota guys because their trucks are old. Yeah, I mean they look they look new, but they don't look new. They're not really well. New. I mean they're well, clean. I mean, and they have shiny. New, like, the Tacoma has a new front end on it and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so our spy photo guys have been busy lately. Twenty twenty. Is that Brett Evans? Uh, no, it's still not Brett <laughs> Evans. But he did write a story. Uh, the twenty twenty one Ford Bronco and twenty twenty two Raptor mules have been caught testing in uh, Dearborn, and I'm just going to leave that with you because it's not important otherwise, or I can't talk about it because of, you know what? Embargo. You mean that? Sure. Hey, uh, did you know that the United States Army is planning on destroying an armored Mack dump truck? Because everybody should be able to destroy destroy, They're going to destroy an armored Mack dump truck. Uh Uh-huh. What's the story? The project is part of a $296 million contract with Mack Defense to build an armored dump truck for the Army. 
And as a test, they will make every effort to destroy the first one built. Okay. That sounds like a great job. It is right. a fun job. But Here's our new armored dump truck. Go destroy it. What if they destroyed it before they took any measurements? And like, boom. Oh, crap. Wait, how we're long? Oh, we're done. <laughs> hey, go build, hey, Dave, go build another one. Get, get another one off the line for us. I'm imagining a, an armored dump truck where the bed or the dump bed uh, clearly passes the uh, compartment. Okay. And then everybody's just protected by the sides of the dump truck. And you can't see out of it. Or is it one of those uh, like South African mining ones that are like six stories tall? Maybe. With the, with the tires that are two stories tall. Yeah, I'd like to blow one of those up. That'd be fun. You couldn't. Maybe with a Tomahawk cruise missile or something? I mean, they're giant. Why don't they bring those into like war? Right, you could put a whole, a whole like town in the a back. Whole, a whole bunch of people with pitchforks in the in the uh, back of it. <laughs> Who yelling. uses a pitchfork? Uh, Was this like an episode of Scooby Doo or something? No, I don't know. I would like one of those for my uh, my front lawn when I'm yelling at the neighbor kids. Wouldn't fit. It would actually those 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 uh, dump trucks are bigger than your house. What else you got, Holmes? All right. So uh, remember how every time I bring up like a new Roush package, you're like, mm, no. Uh, yeah. Maybe this one will win you over. Okay, I'm it's listening. A, I am all ears. All right, this is a Roush Super Duty. I am all ears. All right. Go. Imagine the most powerful Super Duty in the world. Okay. Then you put a Roush package on that Super Duty, and your dreams just became reality. Now, are you reading exactly what they have on the press release, or are you just- are you, uh, I'm reading you're... what Sean Oshner, one of my editors, wrote. Oh, okay. <laughs> now, when he says- the, one of the most powerful super duties ever. You're talking about Bone Stock 6-7? Yes. All right. So imagine if you took that Bone Stock 6-7, right? That is already powerful. That's already powerful. Okay. And then you uh, took the diesel model and you put a Roush DPF back exhaust system and a five-inch exhaust tip for an aggressive look and maximum airflow. And then you added advanced custom Fox 2.0 performance series suspension. And then... Yeah, so far I'm uh, not blown away. The included, yeah, I, can, I, I, I know where I can get a five-inch exhaust system right now for a for, lifted yeah. look in an off-road stance. Yeah, um, mm. then you add twenty-inch Roush off-road wheels. Mm -hmm. Two color trim rings are available, mm -hmm. and then you mount BFG all-terrain KO2 tires to that. The best part of that whole package is the truck and the tires. Uh, for the rest of the parts. <laughs> But it comes with a signature Roush front grille, mm -hmm. accent lighting, and body-colored fender flares. There's also <laughs> multiple graphics packages available, allowing each owner to customize the truck. Okay, it's semi-cool. Uh, additional options, such as a console vault safe, are available. Okay, listen. For the low, low price. Oh, oh no. Wait, 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 wait. wait. Oh, hold on, hold on. All right. You're, are you going to tell me the entire package price, including the Super Duty? No, or no. I'm just going to tell you what the, the add-ons. The Roush package starting prices. Okay. All right. And for those goodies that All I right, I'm going to Okay, so I'm going to say I'm thinking normally 2500 a corner. All right, I'm going to say and they're up charge for all the lighting and whatnot. $15,000. With Price's Right rules, you win! Oh, yeah!
15 grand. That's way too much money, and I wouldn't do it. $15,685. Okay. It starts at that. I could buy all that stuff myself. I'm just saying they're offering that, and um, there's that. Although, so, should I have not said that because now we're going to want someone from Roush on at some point, and they'll Well, I keep calling this them, episode. They, nobody has returned any of my calls or emails, so. All right, then, I mean, then they might my, be dead to us. My, my opinion stands. <laughs> I'm going to put that stuff on myself. Unless they decide to come on and change their minds. Okay. Uh, but until then, I'm a Hennessy guy because the owner and founder of Hennessy actually came on our show. And John is rad. Freaking rad. He's a cool dude. So, uh, Roush? Eh. Moving right along, guess what's happening this week while you're listening to this here podcast? Uh, National Topless Day. Uh, sim- you're close. <laughs> okay. You're absolutely close. It is the Easter Jeep Safari in Moab, Utah. Oh, so it actually is topless. There will be a lot of topless um, <laughs> things going on there. Okay. And, uh, oh, hold on a second. Your new facilities guy here is coming in. Oh, he has a case of Red Bull. An entire case of Red Bull for me. Yes. What is this stuff right here? Oh, and he brought some ice. What is this? He could, what? This is the greatest day ever. We have a brand new studio at Motor Trend. With a concierge? And he has, it's like our own concierge. By the way, I didn't even know, I don't even know where to get ice in this building. So this is, a, he's, he brought in a cup of ice <laughs> and he's unloading. Oh, uh, oh hold on, hold on. Wait, wait, shh, shh. Oh, you're so happy. Oh, wait, yes. wait, 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 hold wait, on, hold what, on. What? I thought you were sponsored by Rockstar. Uh, no, Monster. Oh, but Monster. That is at Banks, and when I'm not at Banks- You don't have to drink it. I am not obligated, oh, although I God, am- Oh my God, I can smell that. It's rotting my insides. I am, I, for the record, Okay. I am a Monster fan. Uh-huh. Uh, Red Bull is close to my heart when I was at K-Rock. They uh-huh. sponsored more than seven years of the Red Bull sound space. So they gave you a whole lot of paychecks. Uh, indirectly. So I, I love the people at Red Bull, but I got to tell you that right now my allegiance is to the big M. Except for you're drinking Red Bull right now. Nope. This is monster. (laughs) (laughs) You are a big fat liar. All right. So I got one last Mm. thing going back to topless Mm. Moab in Easter Jeep Safari. Mm. As you listen to this, Mm. uh, Jeep put out the, uh, information on their annual Jeep concepts. Don't you hate when people crunch their ice like this? And it is freaking awesome. This is one of the best group of concepts we've seen in a long time. And if you go over to fourwheeler.com, you too can check out the concepts. You too? Is it my wait, what? They're in Moab? My, Are uh, they playing a show? My least favorite out of them, though, is the Jeep Gladiator Gravity, which is uh, just got a bunch of bolt-ons and stuff on it. It's, it's cool because it's a Jeep Gladiator and it's got stuff done to it. A lot of Jeep performance parts, but what it does have on it that I really, really like, guess what's in the bed? You're doing a lot of, like, deep voice sexy guy on this show. Have you noticed? Guess like, what's Brrr. in the bed of the Jeep Gladiator. <laughs> okay, good. Uh, Gravity edition. Uh, let me think here. What is in the bed? And not something obvious like speakers. Oh, a dirt bike. <sighs> uh, a, a, a winch and pulley system. A catapult. A... Can I give you a hint? Yes. Decked.com. Oh, a deck system? A deck system in oh, the bed. Oh, that's perfect. Oh, wait a minute, but this doesn't come as a huge surprise. At the LA Auto Show, they had a deck ah, system in the Gladiator. They sure did. And All right. we were talking to uh, Greg over at uh, Decked, and he was telling us that that production version is coming very soon. Oh, is it, it really? Is. So uh, there is the Jeep Flat Bill, which is sort of like a super <laughs> motocross uh, version of the Gladiator. No, uh, wait, wait, wait. They're not calling it that. Yeah. Are uh, they, They're actually calling it a Flat Bill? The concept is called the Jeep Flat Bill. You oh, mad a, props to G for calling it the flat bill. And it's a desert-ready concept. Does it have the bl- motocross experience? Does it have black socks pulled up to its knees with uh, Vans on and Dickie shorts? 
pretty pretty close. Okay. You can definitely imagine that going on. It is a fluorescent greenish yellow color okay. and uh, white and black. So it's it's actually very cool looking. Can I um, see a photo of it? Nope. Okay. Nope. Continue uh, chugging down your Red Bull over mm-hmm. there and interrupting me while I'm trying to deliver the news to our fine listeners. Uh, and then there's the uh, Jeep Way Out, which is a very cool overland concept of the of the Gladiator. And uh, it's done really well with a rooftop tent and all that fun stuff. That would be uh, a good name for a surfmobile as well. It's got a, uh, a like, fuel cans Frenched into the bedsides. Oh, that's pretty cool. cool. Like, rotopack sure. style. Uh, and then there is the... Can we... We need to line up Doug DeBerti. We should be doing that. Why we should be talking... I don't know, there. but right, we well, should be... we should do that. Because his... Instagram is going off. His F... Uh, what, F250? Uh-huh, I think, or F350? With the bedsides that lift cool. up? That thing is everywhere on Instagram right now. Yeah. Okay, so uh, then there's the Jeep JT Scrambler, which is painted just like a 70s CJ Scrambler, which is super cool. Uh, but that's not what I'm super excited about. Jeep actually did this. Do you remember that April Fool's joke from the guys over at Quadratech? No. That we talked about in the last episode. I don't remember. We talked about five or six really good April Fool's jokes. This is the one that was the red regular cab Gladiator that is not being built. Okay, yes. I mean, not really. I don't remember. Jeep built it. Okay, can I see? (gasps) Literally, shut up and give me your money right now. They actually built this thing, a single cab Jeep Gladiator. It's a a single cab Jeep Gladiator with a six-foot bed. And it looks phenomenal, and I get to drive it because uh, while you're listening to this, I'll be in Moab. Oh my gosh! And, and that one is blue. Is that is that a rendering or is that the real no, one? That's, that's the real. That's the ah. real. Uh, it's got a bunch of retro tr- touches. It's got the old Jeep script from like a uh, J truck on the tailgate, which is super cool. And uh, it's got a uh, uh, roll bar, you know, like old '70s style double tube roll bar in the back. It's just nice. it's just super cool. Um, honestly, that is the truck I've been waiting for. And if Jeep changes their minds and somehow decides to build a regular cab six-foot box Gladiator, that will be the next vehicle I buy, period. Really? Yes. You like this so much more than the four-door? Uh, I love the four-door, and I love this 100% more. Shorter wheelbase just proportionally looks perfect. And I've been wanting a solid-axle regular cab pickup truck forever. This, this checks all my boxes. But wait a minute. Tell me about the transmission. Because you're not a fan of the manual gearbox. Uh, I'm not, but I, I, if they have the awesome eight-speed automatic, which is really good. Okay. So I'm not. I don't even care about the transmission. I, if it had the manual, I would learn to love it because I love this. If it had no so transmission, much. you just put your your feet out the bottom like uh, like yeah. uh, Fred Flintstone. I don't even care. <laughs> this is called the uh, J6. It has metallic blue. Uh, excuse me, metallic brilliant blue paint, which is an homage to a color available in the '78 Jeep Honcho. Matching uh, spray and bed liner. It's got a big old spare in the back. I believe it's on 37s. It's got Catskin's leather interior. Wait, turn that thing around. Let me see uh, your laptop one more time here. Let me see the uh, the 37s because Look at that. That, that is, is awesome. insane that 37s do so not perfect. look. Yeah, they look perfect, look perfect, but they do not look big. No, you know, in some perfect. trucks, 37s look massive. Yeah. They look right at home no, there. It's perfect. This is the vehicle that I would I would go spend my money on. Tomorrow. God, that is just, so retro perfect. looking. It's just right. It's so retro, yet it's it's, it's got, got modern all, touches. Uh, that's it. That's you know, it. it's got cube lights on top, LEDs, and it's but it's just it's just the perfect mix of everything. Jeep, please freaking build this thing. I'm going to be begging. Well, we'll talk to Mark Allen, the head of design for Jeep, next uh, next episode because I'm going to bring you back some uh, some nuggets from uh, Easter Jeep Safari. But we're talking about this truck. So let me ask you, on a truck like this, that that they're probably what? Did they make one or just are they, they made one? 
Just one. This is a concept. Every year, Jeep has a history of doing five or six concepts out of the design center at, for fun for Moab. Okay, but what I'm saying is, did they cut the frame and modify? Or this, yes. So this is not off the line and they made... All no, right, this okay. is a one-off done by the design center just to tease people for Easter Jeep Safari. Now, I will tell you this. Oh, wow. If you look at past concepts, they all hinted at future products. Not in its entirety, but little elements here and there. Sure. So if you knew what to look for, you could see things for future products that were coming out. And Mark Allen and the Jeep design team loves to tease with Moab stuff. I, this is just phenomenally perfect. This is, Let's, this, is th- this needs to be on our Instagram right now. So at Truck Show Podcast, at Truck Show Podcast. And then to see the full story, go to uh, trucktrend.com. Yep, or fourwheeler.com. It's on, uh, on both sites, and uh, it's amazing. Now, this thing... <gasps> is freaking unbelievable too. What is that? So okay. they're, they're calling it the Jeep wow. Five Quarter. It's a uh, 1968 M715. So if you knew what those, they're based on the the old J truck Gladiators, basically a militarized version. Um, and starting from that one and a quarter ton truck's bones, basically Jeep ditched all the front sheet metal and replaced it with full carbon fiber. It's got see through panels on it. Um, it's got a Cargo box that's been bobbed to six feet. It's got a f- wood floor perforated with water jet cutout panels, including a flow-through tailgate with vintage Jeep logo. It's all about style, but it's badass. And it looks like low center of gravity. Can you see how big those tires are and how low that, that thing is? That is the meanest truck you could have on the oh, road right now. So if that awesome. were going down the uh, the 405 freeway here, oh my Lord, people would trip. The uh, roof line is three and a half inches inches lower. It's a soft top, right? Yeah. Okay. And so it's three and a half inches lower, so it looks like all squatty and mean. And it's got a big ass 40-inch tires on 20-inch bead locks, except it looks like it possibly is at stock ride height. Uh, Dynatrack Pro Rock 60 axles. Um, the uh, the front one's been relocated two inches forward to extend the real uh, the wheelbase. And the back is a Pro Rock 80, which is a massive axle. Oh my gosh. And and what's, up with the, what's up with the tailgate? It looks uh, see-through. Like see-through. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And guess what's powering it? Hmm. 6.2 liter Hellcrate Hemi, the Hellcat Crate engine. Oh, my Lord. So uh, 700 horsepower in that thing with 40s. And I'm going to get Which to is what it. you need. Oh, you're I might be driving this. it right now while you're listening. Oh, my Lord. Dude, it's so awesome. That so do yourself amazing. a favor. Amazing. Head over to truckshinerfourwheeler.com because you want to see these Jeeps. Um, I can't wait to see them in person. And I am literally going to beg and plead that they build that J6. Or I might just steal it. I don't often get jealous of the stuff you're doing. That's not true. I do a lot. But <laughs> I, am, I, am, I am considering going out to Moab for like a day or two, but... Yeah, you'll never do it. I won't do it. You couldn't even go with me up to see Jonathan at Icon. I know. Which, by the way, was awesome. Did I mention I drove a $291,000 truck? Uh, maybe seven or eight times. Ah, that $291,000 Bronco. Mmm, so tasty. Gotta get yourself some of that. Hey, uh, I think it's time to do some inbox. You email? Yeah. I email. Do it. We email. That's right. Everybody email. Type it up. As soon as Holman is done dancing. Now, did you have Red Bull? Because you're really going nuts. Two Dr. Peppers. I <laughs> uh, love now, me some emails. Are you feeling the vibe of the new uh, studio here at Motor Trend? You know, there was a lot of talk about us moving, and for a little while I was pretty bummed out because I was trying to figure out where we were going to take the studio, what would it look like, where were we going. I think it all turned out pretty good, and honestly, I just feel good. 
I'm kind of bummed that I need uh, key card access, like military, uh, like grade access. Yeah, there's to all get sorts of here. doors around here. And you're not going to give me a key card, are you? That's not up to me. I I don't have the authority to give you a key card, my friend. You, you can ask. Who would I ask? I don't. I mean, somebody. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was me looking at uh, James, the facility guy, uh, across the table from me, who's I sitting know. in, hanging out with us. Strangely right now. silent and giving me the stink eye when I ask for a key card. Uh-huh. I get it. Yeah, I see how it know, is. I, they know your reputation. All right. This one is from uh, Mark, and the title is Four Stars, which I oh. feel, uh, I don't know, I have mixed feelings about here. Hey, guys, I really enjoyed the podcast, and I've been listening since almost the beginning. Y'all bring some really great guests, and both of you provide some good insight on the topics, and you seem to genuinely have fun. Only some good insights? Right, only some good (laughs) insights. I don't even hate the jingles anymore. Oh, come on. Don't (laughs) come with a hate like Uh, that. Jingle hate. Now for a bit of constructive criticism. Uh Uh-oh. Are you ready for this? Uh, All right. Sure. Your interview style could use some polish. Yeah, that's what we call suckage. Yeah. In the excitement, you both tend to talk over or otherwise interrupt each other. What? And no, we don't. And your guests. I, I disagree. <laughs> I'll often. No, find... no, 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 no. Are you gonna let me finish? <laughs> oh, no, I'm just. Showing I know. I, I, I mean, I get it. I get Let's let him get him out. Okay. I don't want. He's gonna punch his windshield out right now, right? <laughs> well, but, he deserves it for sending us a bad email. I, I often find myself screaming, "Shut up!" and let him or her shut finish. up. We're listening to an email right now. Please, please, please try to pace yourselves and let the conversation flow more naturally. I Doesn't re- he know we're drinking re- Dr. Pepper and Red Bull? <laughs> Jesus Christ, stop. <laughs> I really do want to hear what everyone has to say, but it can get to the point of nails on a chalkboard. Side note, as the owner of a 73 Bronco and a 2013 F-150 plus the wife's Odyssey, I'm really trying hard not to get too excited about the 20X Bronco. I realize there are embargoes. Oh, <laughs> But you can tell me if the wait will be worth it. Can you, please? Thanks, and keep mounting those parameters. Mounter, monitor, key, engine, parameters. That's from Mark in Austin, Texas. So, Mark, we have had the conversation. We had it before this show started, and we had it before the last show started. And we look at each other, and he says, Lightning, and I say, Holman, and we go, don't jump on the guests. We've been having that conversation for 64 episodes. And some episodes were better. So I'll hold up my hand like a stop sign at Holman's face, six inches in front but of his nose. But when I do that to Lightning, he just rolls right That's through That's not true. California I'm, style. I'm, I'm pretty good about it. Mm. I'm pretty good about it. Listeners, I, who's I worse? To, I, oh, really? Well, I don't know. You sure you want to go there? Sure. Jabubli or Holman? Let's, <laughs> let's hear the tally. 657 6105 or truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. Yes. All right. I've got one here from Doug. Oh, we didn't answer his question. Oh, we didn't. We're talking about the new Bronco. Okay, so okay. I've got one from All Doug right. here. Well, I, you, I, <laughs> I know you're embargo. I know I got it. I'm I'm not embargo. <laughs> I'm nothing. I don't. It's just I'm, mm-hmm. whatever. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I got one from Doug here. It says, uh, "I found your show a week ago and have listened to 18 episodes so far." <laughs> Whoa! Wait a minute. Wait, he found our show when? A week ago. Okay. And listened to 18 of them. There aren't enough hours in the day. That's a lot of episodes. That's a lot of us. Did you get fired, bro? What happened? <laughs> oh. You just sit at home oh, with a beer and, a, and headphones? He says, I just can't stop. Well, that sounds <laughs> uh, like a personal okay. problem. I apologize for you from us, I guess. Uh, mm-hmm. Anyway, he says, uh, I wish I could hang out with you on all your adventures. Too much fun. I'm a total gearhead, car crazy. Just a year ago, bought my first real truck, a 2018 F-150 with the 2.7 twin turbo V6. And I love it. 
I've owned a 66 El Camino since 81 with a factory 396 auto, AC, PS, PB, PW, tilt, AM, FM radio. I know it's not a real truck, just a station wagon with the roof cut off, but living in California as a native for 57 years and being charged for commercial plates, it should be considered a truck. Uh, all right. Fair, fair point. My family had an auto repair shop in Santa Ana for 50 years. Wow. That is uh, that's a, that's a long-ass time. A long time. Um, anyway, he says, keep up the great work, and if it helps, I'm a 4XL, and my address is dot, dot, dot. Doesn't help because we don't have 4Xs. Uh, we don't have a lot of T-shirts. Uh, no. And remember a couple episodes when I said I was going to send them you out? You didn't do didn't any happen. of those. I didn't, didn't happen. think so. No. Well, we, mm, no. I, I have a it. list for you. Yeah. And I will send it, and then if we you, will exhaust the supply. If you actually send me the list. You'll actually send Yeah, that's out? that's part of the problem, is because we've got a lot of emails, and, and a lot of sifting through them is tough. Well, you're traveling, and I'm traveling, and we have day jobs and all that stuff, so it's really hard to get to. Uh, we're, we're trying. No, it's a, it's a weak-ass excuse. I get uh-huh. it. And I do want to send them to you, and they're sitting in a box, and they're pretty freshy-fresh. And so, when they're out, they're out. No, I mean. We'll, we'll I, make more? I, I might. Okay. I don't want to say never. Right, but give me the list. Let me send them. So it's on me. I will get you a list. All right. All right. Uh, This one is from Nathan. Lightning, your mini is cool, and I wish I had one. Uh, You wrote that to yourself. I didn't. Your name is now Nathan. Nope. This is uh, titled Mini Cooper Episode. And he says they're they're dependable, and if it's paid for, even better to enjoy. I don't even think they're dependable. Can I get a yeah, buddy, and a mounted parameter? No, but you get a hell no. (laughs) Yeah, buddy. And he closes the uh, Mini Cooper episode request with a... Uh, I don't know if I can do it. Put up your hand. Ugh. Put your hand in the freaking air. Ready? Yeah. One, two, three. Five stars. Five. Sweet. Ugh. All right. Well, uh, Brandon here. <laughs> hopefully he gets us off that low note. Uh, hi, guys. First off, I can't believe I forgot this in my last email from a couple months ago. And five stars. He says, uh, anyway, I just wanted to say to Lightning. Oh, what? Damn it. <sighs> don't feel so bad about that Mini Cooper. <laughs> he says, uh, I've been driving a truck uh, guy all my life. Uh, I find myself stuck driving Toyota Corolla after selling my tender a couple years ago. Blah, blah, blah. I drive about 2,800 miles a month for my community. You can't dismiss the whole freaking email. Area, and driving a truck does not make sense. So I feel your pain. Okay. Yeah, that's, that's great. That's great, Brandon. Keep... Keep that up. Uh, oh, wait, hold on. He gets. I think he's turning the corner. He's pivoting here. Okay. That said, living without a truck just plain sucks. Yeah. All right. All right. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting yeah. back in. I'm getting my. I'm getting. Your mojo. Yep. Says uh, recently, I had to rent a U-Haul when I bought a fridge, and then I rented a Home Depot truck when I bought a washer and dryer. Now I'm preparing to start building a new Legends Class King of the Hammers car and can no longer live without a good truck. My wife drives less than a thousand miles a month, so whatever I get is going to be her daily driver. Ah. I've heard lots of reviews and recommendations for new trucks, and I certainly love a new Titan XD. Oh, what the what? Nissan Titan XD. Or a Ram Rebel. Ram Rebel. <laughs> I don't have one of those. Yeah, that one, no, you? I don't have that. <laughs> says, uh, however, my budget's more in the $15,000 range. What kind of used truck would you guys recommend for a solid and reliable daily driver that can haul the kids and get the groceries during the week and still pull a race trailer out to Johnson Valley or pick up a new engine on the weekend? Of course, it would still need to have the coolness factor to give me that... Yeah, buddy, feeling when I drive it. Mm. Yeah, buddy. Thanks for putting on a great show, except for 4 1. <laughs> <laughs> April Fools. Oh, that was a great episode. Yeah. I look forward to hearing your recommendations. Mm. 15 grand, he says. Yeah. 
15 grand used. Well, how old do we want to go? You do we want to go like Ford 7.3? That type no, of thing? No, no, or no. I don't want to go new. You know what I would do? I would do like a uh, Super Duty 6.8 V10 truck. Because uh, if you're not putting a lot of miles on it, you don't necessarily need to worry about fuel economy. Sure, and it, but- And it can tow, and you don't have any of the reliability issues of the six liter uh, you know, Ford Super Duty era. And I don't know how far back I'd go with Ram at $15,000. It typically goes to like the 06 to 09, 10 area. And the Rams really didn't start getting great until like 10, 11, 12. Yeah. And I really think he's probably like three-quarter ton to do all that stuff, I'm right? doing a 7.3, dude, 4.7.3. Yeah, but we, you- I know it's dated. I, well, it's not even dated. The truck's a great truck, but you can't even find one with under 150,000 miles on it. Uh, okay, good point. Right, so I'm yeah. thinking, you know, of daily driver. There's got to be some reliability in there. Um, I think, uh, uh, ooh, you know, a Chevy GMT 800 with the 81 Big Block might be interesting. They're just gas guzzlers, though. Uh, but I mean, I've uh, had one. The eight, I, I just get it, but we're not it down. We're not doing fuel economy. She only drives a thousand miles a month. Oh, also a good point. So I'm thinking you can save money by not going diesel. You have the reliability of gas. You can probably find a gas truck with less miles on it that hasn't been worked so hard. I'm saying like, you know, big block gas, 6.8 Super Duty, 8.1 GM. But there are, okay, yeah, I like that. But the 8.1s, those are not plentiful. I I hear you. But we're trying to help our man out in the uh, in the most perfect uh, world, and he's going to have to go search. Yeah. Maybe we just throw it out to our listeners. So if uh, you've got a $15,000 truck for sale or you have some ideas... Maybe uh, let's th- let's throw it out to them. Truckshowpodcast at gmail.com. Or the five-star hotline, 657-205-6105. And, and just in case you forget that number, go to our Instagram at truckshowpodcast, go to our profile, and click the call button. All right, this one is titled uh, 2020 Toyota Tundra from Seth Anderson. Hey, Jaboobly and Holman. <laughs> I know this is old news and an even older truck, but I am a Toyota truck fanboy, and I can't help but get a little excited about whatever news gets leaked by Toyota. This is a topic I was waiting to see if y'all covered it on your own. Go back about 15 minutes. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) And then got busy and never got around to asking you about it before now. So I wanted to get Holman's take on the spy shots that were publicized back in January. Along with that, I think it would be interesting to hear what specific changes he thinks Toyota needs to make to the Tundra to make it competitive in today's market and what he thinks it still does well, as well as the changes he thinks we wouldn't uh, actually see on the redesigned Tundra whenever it finally comes out. Maybe y'all can make a part of the what's newish in truck segment. Congratulations on the promotion to the new studio. Great work and keep mounting those parameters, boys. Mounter, monitor, key, engine, parameters. Forever the patient Toyota fanboy, Seth from St. Louis, Missouri. P.S. He says, I love that your email jingle includes the proofreading step. So many people ignore that these days. And five stars. Uh, you know, I like the way you phrased that question. I don't like the way you read it, but I like the way you phrased it. Um, what do I think Toyota needs to be competitive in the uh, in the space? Are yeah. you make it basket two points yeah, and no oh. rim shot around the outside. All right, so um, I think the platform is super dated. The chassis has a whole lot of rivets. Everybody's moved to hydroforming and really stiff frames. I don't think it rides as good as uh, as a lot of trucks that are out there. The 5.7 sounds great. It's a great V8, but it, I believe it only has a six-speed automatic now in a world of seven-plus speeds. Mm-hmm. Um, the interior is super boring. Uh, the tech isn't very great. I've never really liked Toyota's uh, navigation and, uh, and telematic system. And uh, just it just 
it feels old. It feels like they made the truck really big for the sake of being big, and it's not very um, functional in terms of ergonomics and packaging. It just feels like there's a lot of wasted space. Do you like anything about it? Uh, I mean, it's reliable. It's a solid truck. Uh, there's not a truck you can get today that's a bad one. I mean, if you get a, t- I know lots of people have Tundras and they love them, but there's just so many better trucks out there these days. So you know they have some work to do. And I know we bag on Toyota trucks a lot. They're great trucks. They Look, are great trucks. I, I, can't, I don't think there's a, a guy on the planet, could, even guys who love their bow ties or blue ovals. You respect Toyota. You got to. Yeah. No. And I and I get that. And a lot of people buy them, and a lot of people love them, and we bag on them. But it's just because. The industry has moved on, and Toyota has a lot of work to do. That's it. It's because they're so conservative and so methodical. Well, right? and they're trying to decide like how much you know do they want to be in the body on frame space. You know, it, they killed the FJ Cruiser and the Forerunner, the last body on frame SUV, and then they have Tacoma and Tundra, and that's it. And so, you know, the other thing is they sell everyone that they can make. The plant's at capacity, so why spend money doing a redesign if everybody's still buying your stuff? And obviously, their reputation is enormous, right? They have a great reputation, and you can't buy a reputation like that. You just can't. So so why mess with it? So why mess with it? Except for two dudes on some truck <laughs> podcast are telling you to. Uh, I got one from, uh, this is from Raptor Game Boy, and he says, uh, you guys are awesome! Just like that, too. Okay. Do you see the echo in the new echo. building? Yeah. yeah. The yeah, echo went through the air duct yeah, and, and to the office next door and then weird. came back. It was weird. Yeah. That wasn't even in effect. Uh, he says, huge fan of you guys' show. I listen to it every day while at work. I recently just bought two trucks. So- <laughs> good good use of his time at work, by the way. Yeah. Hey, you know, I, <laughs> don't, don't out him. Right. Oh, yeah. yeah I mean, I'm, fi- I'm fine with it. I mean, thank, thank you. Him. Yeah, thank absolutely. You. He says, uh, a 75 F-150 Ranger XLT and a 78 F-150 Custom. Ooh, both uh, dent sides which are very cool. I am new to restoring classical beauties, but it's always been a dream of mine and now turning into a family hobby. What would you say would be my first step to restoring? That's a good question. Ooh, first step to restoring. Let's see. If you follow my trajectory with my 67, the first step would be uh, rip it apart and realize there's no metal left after you take it to the sandblaster and then cry. I guess it all depends on how good a quality truck you're starting with, right? I mean- Well, that's what I'm saying is if you're actually going to restore it, Rip it apart. See what you have, you know, that you're working with. And then you're going to have to go from there. For me, uh, the entire cab had to be trashed because it was yeah. so rusted through and we had to buy a new cab for How my How common is that? Pretty common. And it depends. Every vehicle kind of has their areas. Like those Fords are, you know, notoriously bad in the rear cab corners and uh, body mounts. Um, so there's certain places you'll want to look. And, but, and, you know, it's hard for us to say unless we know what you're working with. So the number one thing you have to do is find out how much real metal you have. And if you are truly restoring it, You've got to strip that thing down, have it sandblasted, bead blasted, walnut shelled, media blasted, however you want to do it, and figure out how much real metal is left. And that is going to tell you where you got to start. If you're looking to just have a daily driver that you want to look nice, you know, you can always get a cheap paint job on it. Or, uh, But I, I wouldn't spend the money on a good paint job unless you get down to bare metal and find out where all the Bondo is, the history of the truck, what's hiding underneath. Take a magnet down the side of it. If you don't want to go, you know, start taking it apart, just hit a magnet down the side and figure out where it doesn't stick. Right. Guess what? You got either Rust or Bondo. Uh, it's too bad they don't have like a Carfax for uh, old, know, old trucks. Old trucks. Oh, man. I, that save ser- some time? Uh, mine was, I was, I mean, I should post a picture. You know what? That's what I'll do. At Truck Show Podcast, I will post a picture of what my truck's cab corner looked like. People will freak out. You mention your truck so often and at every opportunity. And you and see it yet, every day. And, and I do see it every day. And yet... I don't think most of our listeners even know what it looks like. It is a beautiful truck that uh, 
I can say that uh, both of uh, uh, Heavy D and Diesel Dave were both um, fawning over when oh, they were there. Did they see my truck they when they saw were there? Your, yeah. Oh, you didn't tell me is, this. Uh, yeah. So if you um, if you watched uh, this week's episode of Diesel Brothers, uh-huh. they were at Banks. Uh-huh. So I was hanging out with those guys, and they really enjoyed your truck. So if I uh, sent them a picture of my truck and said, hey, you saw my truck at Banks come on my podcast? Uh, wouldn't matter. Since you didn't do wouldn't your matter. part? They are really busy and really successful right now. <laughs> and they got no time for us. Uh, what if I can make time? Make I, their, you can't make time for them. Yeah, I can make them have time for us. Then they would do it. So I should make them have time for us and then they will come on our show. They will, yes. I know Dave now. I, I don't talk about have it. Have you had drinks yet? I have not had drinks with Dave. Dave doesn't. Ha- Dave is Mormon. Have you had touching moments together? No, we haven't had those. Yeah. Well, have you had you dinner across a candle? We, we've done some 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 pretty cool like uh, handshakes. You know, like the uh, the over. What do you call the, the overhand shake? Where you're like the overhand. Well, shake. like you know, it's not just a handshake where I reach out in front of me. You look like you have some sort of motor skills issue right now. <laughs> right, I'm no, not sure not. what's going I'm on over there. my hand <laughs> in the air. You know, you raise your hand up and you. Are come you down having and, a stroke? I am not. <laughs> okay. I mean, possible. <laughs> what is going on what with you, you over there? there? You, put your, it's put a your high hand. five. It's not a high five. <laughs> put out your hand. I just put out your hand. What is this? What's that called? I don't know. It's like a bro shake a lumber, or something. Right, a bro shake, a, a lumberjack shake. But then what happens if you pull it in, you do the pat on the back? The, uh, bro. Hey, bro, oh, It's buddy. a bro shake. Okay, yeah. bro shake. Well, I've had that with Dave a couple times. Bro, bro hug. hug. Bro All right, hug. so I've had a bro hug. What do you mean? I'm not going, I'm not on Parkinson's or something. Do you have a picture with him? I have a picture with him from SEMA. I do have a picture with oh, him, I think. Yeah. All right. I have not posted it. You know why? Because uh, all you the- didn't want anyone at Truck Show Podcast on Instagram to like our photos. No, because I had a embargo. <laughs> I really did <laughs> of my own. And now that show is. Uh, it, it's so funny when you want if you'd seen it. Uh, the episode, the Diesel Brothers and the Red Banks. Uh, I was always off to the side of the camera in every scene, and I just thought if I could just creep in so you could see my back or something, just for a goofball. That's why they have editors. That's exactly what Just <laughs> cut me the hell out. No, I steered clear. I wasn't trying to hog the scene, but it was all about the guys hanging out at uh, Banks building. They needed carb legal diesel products huh, that's so smart. they could get back into the diesel space again uh-huh. uh, for a show called Diesel Brothers. They don't do a lot of performance the last couple of years. As you may follow, they got in some trouble uh, deleting some equipment, and now they are clean, and they only do uh, they only do Good appro- stuff. Emissions They're now approved. behaving. They are now behaving. So they came right to Banks and talked to Gail, and we loaded them up with products. You know what we should do? We should talk to Gail again. I agree. Let's make that happen. All right. Well, uh, I think we should read a couple uh, reviews here. Uh, yeah. We need a reviews jingle, don't we? Uh, I would like more people just to review us. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, we do. Listen, listen. If you can get us a five-star review on iTunes, it or would mean- Or Apple Podcasts. Or Apple Podcasts. That would mean the world to us. It's great for rankings. It helps us uh, to show our advertisers that we are uh, still liked. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't go that far. Well, you know, go buy a Nissan and a Dexas in the sure. back, and that would that would help us. Oh, by the way- if you have bought a Nissan truck or a decked product and you haven't told us, let us know. Yeah. Hell yeah. We well, want to take credit for totally it. Totally want to know. All right. We've got this one from uh, Dav Feth. Or <laughs> you just made that name up. Davey Feth. Okay. Or something like that. Uh, he says, information dissemination. He says, the jingles absolutely killed me at first, but they grow on you for sure. I'm a lead technician at an OEM Class 8 truck dealership. Oh, nice. And find that most of the information I've heard is right on track. And you guys give great information across the board. 
I myself like to hear more about the off-road aspect and towing aspect on the light duty side more, but like so many others, it's just about trucks, period. I just started listening a few months back, and I just enjoy listening each way to work. It takes my frustration away during my short commute that normally takes me two to four days to complete a show, but for my long-distance runs, I download a few and just listen to them the entire time. I'm getting closer to being up to date, so keep up the good work, and... Five stars! Was that a review left on iTunes? On iTunes, yeah. Shut the front door. This is my favorite one from uh, April 1st. Now, hold on. He he, he, he wrote that, that whole thing. damn yeah. thing on uh, iTunes? Uh-huh, yeah. You're my hero. Dude, we've had some great ones lately. So this was wow. April 1st, and so you guys know by now, I would hope, that we had a little bit of fun with you on April Fool's. Sure. And we may have said that we were going to break some embargoes. Embargo. And that we had some top secret information on the truck that possibly did not um, exist. It didn't exist, right. And we may not have delivered on that claim. And it was funny to us. And to a lot of you, it was funny. But I like how our listeners are in on the joke. So this one here is from uh, JIO19B. And he says, just got done listening to episode 61, and I just couldn't stop listening till the end. You really broke some news <laughs> on that show. <laughs> says, I'll definitely be looking forward to that truck coming out. And he says, Five stars. Oh, five, five stars. stars. And Sweet. yeah, buddy. <laughs> oh, oh, wait, I wasn't ready. Yeah, buddy. The title of that show, episode 61 was your best work. Oh, nice. <laughs> Very good. All right. So uh, the next one from Danny210, the show I've been waiting for. He says, gentlemen, I've been looking for a good automotive show to listen to for a long time. The fact that I was able to find one on trucks is double bonus. The first show I listened to was the Aaron Kaufman show I noticed on his website. Good one to start with. But then heard the Gail Banks show, and as most people, I thought he was really awesome. So far, y'all's show's been great, and I look forward to hearing more. Thanks for the great podcast, Danny. And he says, five stars! Uh, We've got uh, this one from Frost. April Fool's is the title, and he says, was about to throw my headphones away. Good joke. And (laughs) five five stars! stars. Yeah, dude, the uh, distortion... Was almost unbearable. <laughs> We're so sorry. I I, I distorted it, and then I well, what we did. If you hadn't listened, well, you should just go back and check it out. Yeah, if you hadn't heard it yet, we make we make you think that it's your you know playback device <laughs> that was going bad because it plays fine for the first like 30, 45 seconds, and then it hiccups, and then it hiccups worse, and then it gets worse and worse and worse, and then there's two hours of absolute crunchy distortion uh-huh. where you do hear some. But every once in a while, there's like a nugget. And you're like right. trying to grab it, and, and no such luck. And at the very, very <laughs> end, we come out and we laugh. Uh, all right, and that's so perfectly audible. From uh, Mark Ag or Mark Ag or I'm not sure. These are like the craziest sure. names ever. He says fun podcast for truck and automotive enthusiasts. Says I started listening to the podcast a few months before purchasing my first truck. I've been an automotive enthusiast for as long as I can remember. These guys make the best automotive related podcast that I've listened to. If you're into trucks or automotive anything and find trucks an interesting subject matter, then give this podcast a listen. My rating, five stars. Love it. Thank you, Mark. Uh, We've got one from HSTWX Man, so HST Weatherman. Uh, He says, a buddy of mine recommended your show. It took me a few weeks to start listening, but after two shows, I'm hooked. I'm a Jeep guy at heart, but I've started looking for a tow vehicle, and I've loved all the diesel information. I'm currently looking at 2006 Dodge Ram 3500 Dually with a 5.9, and can't wait to hear what y'all have planned for the rest of 2019 and beyond. And five stars! As if we have plans. Uh, Yeah, right? (laughs) Our plans are about 24 hours before we uh, start the show. That is funny. Good morning! (laughs) (laughs) All right, we've got one from Choo Choo Chug. 
The choo-choo chug. Regardless if you're into trucks or not, this podcast is hands down the best automotive content podcast out there. Really killer guests and even better hosts. Thank oh, you. Wow, that, I appreciate that. With killer information matched with shenanigans. Who, us? We have shenanigans. <laughs> oh, shenanigans. Yeah, buddy. I highly recommend you at least listen to more than one podcast. Yeah, we are a little bit of an acquired taste. We understand. Especially if you don't like the jingles right away. But who would not like our jingles? How are I the jingles don't bad. understand that. Oh, come on. It says you'll learn to love them. And by the way, five stars is too little of a rating. Oh. Yeah, that's Nice uh, that'd be cool if we could right. get like six or seven. How awesome would it be, by the way, if we hacked into the iTunes system and we figured out a way to put a couple extra stars? So everyone's like five stars and we have seven. No, no, no. You hack it so it's four. So we all have five. Okay. Sure, I'm good. Like, no, 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 no. I want us to be more. above. It's like crank it up to oh, 11. You're, you're cranking our. I thought you were going to say we were short two stars. You're no, adding two I'm stars. I'm adding ours. two stars. Oh. So when you're looking down, they're like, wait, why is this one seven stars? Because it's awesome. <laughs> Hold on. Seven stars. <laughs> nice. Well, for our first show at Motor Trend in the Truck Show Podcast Studio, I think the suckage level was acceptable. I'll go with that. I think it was pretty good, though. Yeah. Well, no, I'm thinking it was acceptable. <laughs> the truck show. The truck show. The truck show. Oh, oh. And we are so stoked that Nissan came back for a whole nother year of truck show podcast episodes. So you should thank them by going down to your Nissan dealer and checking out the Nissan Titan or Nissan Titan XD, which have the industry's best five-year, 100,000-mile warranty, or check out the little uh, Nissan Frontier or Nissan NV vans. And without Nissan, this show would not be possible. Thank you so much for believing in us and uh, guaranteeing us being here for at least 50 more episodes. And we want to thank Decked. If you guys are looking for an amazing storage solution, check out Decked.com. And I'm uh, going to go home and pack for Moab Eastern Jeep Safari and not wait and I'm just going to read and watch your Instagram feed. And I should, I'll just tag you in everything if you want. Uh, you should. You should tag all of our listeners. <laughs> you know what? I have a pretty good following now at Sean P. Holden. Yeah. It is because you pimp your Instagram so Dude, hard. I gotta grow that thing. That's what she said. Mm hmm. Uh, by the way, if you want to check us out on social, at Truck Show Podcast on Instagram or Facebook or at Truck Podcast on Twitter, but nobody cares. And uh, if you want to send us an email, Truck Show Podcast at gmail.com. And don't forget about the five-star hotline, 657-205-6105. Leave us your uh, comments, your suggestions, your questions, your love notes. We'll uh, we'll probably play them on the air. I want to celebrate our newest favorite soundbite. Embargo. I've got a lot of those, so we'll be using that one a lot. We will. <laughs>